1: The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Jurist Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home assisted living and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com.
2: The clouds are gathering. The rain will be back tonight. You guys heard the forecast? Five inches of rain by Seriously? tomorrow night.
1: Oh boy! All
2: right. In Cabot Rd, we had over thirteen inches of rain thus far in February. Wow! That's the most inches. rain. Yeah, most rain that we've had since 1959. Wow! I well, can't even remember that. Yeah, I was only six, so I know you don't remember. <laughs> it. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying it was. Uh, it has been a wet february to say the least i missed all the big rain last week because i was in dc um, i guess uh,
3: mother but nature thought it, i should be at least here for a little bit of it i don't think it rained real hard any one time too much but it just rained and rained and rained and just kept on raining and we got a lot of it
2: yeah we got a whole <laughs>
3: lot of it i mean
2: conway they broke their record too everybody did in arkansas yeah, it's kind of muddy at my house someplace it. The ground is inundated right now. You walk out and it squishes. You know yeah, the get, water just comes up out of it. If we like get a bunch.
3: We get a good windstorm. It'll blow a bunch of trees over. Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's hope that, that doesn't happen. I'd rather. I like trees. You know, <laughs> I like trees to stay up. I especially like them to stay up in my yard <laughs> and not in your house. I lost. I lost a couple of trees. Um, what was the hurricane that came through? five or six years ago we got hmm. the back side of it you got some we got a lot of wind and a lot of rain and my my two bradford pears that i oh. had in the yard blew over yeah bradford pears aren't real They're strong trees strong they trees are trees weak trees yes they yeah. are across the street they've got three and uh it's really about a third of a tree left for both of them
3: yeah that's that, what the bradford pears they lose about it they lose a quarter or a third or half at a time sometimes.
4: Yeah. That makes me think of the Tom Hanks mo- movie Money Pit when he goes out in the backyard and all the trees fall over and hit
2: each other till there's no trees left. Yeah, that, that's, we, a, that's a pretty good money uh, movie because it really is true about you buy somebody else's problems, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, that's why I, I really have a, now that i had, you know Joe as my mechanic, I don't mind so much buying a used car because I take it over to him first right and he'll tell me he'll either say yeah you're you're okay or he'll say don't touch it dave <laughs> don't touch it you know when he says that i don't touch <laughs> it it's about as bad as getting a divorce huh
4: you don't have to know everything you just need to have friends that know
2: things mm-hmm. that's true i you know you can't know everything uh, no way right. you got to mm-hmm. find some people it's like you you know you've helped me out immensely you know as far as a transmission, a back tail light, bunch of things like that. And yeah, but if your roof leaks, important. don't call me. No, I won't. <laughs> don't worry, I'll be calling Joel johnson and over at the PI Roofing and talking mm-hmm. to him. Now well, that's right. Well, I bet you there's been a lot of people have had to have uh, PI Roofing out over the last uh, week with all the yeah, rain that came you down. Roofing. You know, they put up with a little bit of a spot on their right. ceiling because you know you just have a shower come through. But when it rains. And rains, and rains, and you start looking for gopher wood. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you got to be uh, worried about those little leaks because they turn into big we- uh, leaks really quickly. I had a, I was having lunch today, and the guy tells me, I want to show you something, Dave. And he had written a letter uh, to Aero Plumbing. He had said, uh, I used Aero Plumbing because you always talk about how great they are. And this whole letter was about how they fixed this problem, how professional— professionally were they knew the guy's first name that was the, the the plumber and everything it was a really nice letter and i said well i appreciate you writing to him he says well if you do a good job you should get commended for it so earl you got a letter coming brother it's coming just let you know it's gonna be there so and, and if you know i really appreciate when people do that because the only way we keep this show on the air is through our advertisers and uh, we got to some really Great advertisers, P.I. Roofing and Arrow have been with me almost since I began here in Little Rock, uh, 16 and 17 years, respectfully. Wow. So They've been around. Wow. Now, I want you to look who's joining us today. Hey, hey. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth is back. Elizabeth ran into a stomach virus that got the best of her last yeah. week. I felt, I'm going to tell you what, I'm flying to Washington, D.C., and I'm reading my Kindle reading my book and my mind keeps wandering from the book and I'm thinking about Elizabeth because she was really looking forward to going to CPAC and then she didn't get to go. Mm. And that, that, that was a bummer. So I promised her now that next year, you know, she's on my list of people to go. So you're, you're (laughs) on. Okay. I'm ready. All right. It was, it was pretty good this year. I mean, the president spoke, and uh, the vice president spoke, and they had a lot of other people that, that spoke that were really good. president was interesting. He was supposed to speak for 50 minutes, wasn't it, Russ? About uh, 50 minutes. And he got close to the 50-minute mark, and he looked at the crowd, and he goes, you know, I've been talking off uh, off the speech uh, during this. I've been giving you some extra information. He says, I got more inf- extra information. He says, do you mind if I go a little longer? So he went an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> not an hour, and thirty minutes more. He's just a total. He went to the fifty-minute mark, and then he continued for another thirty minutes.
5: Yeah, but huge amounts of applause. Too. Oh my lord!
2: <laughs> People were standing ovations all the time. It was it was really incredible. But it was Pence who got the biggest standing ovation of uh of CPAC. He was there at about ten o'clock to speak on Thursday, and about one third of the way through the speech, he says, "Oh." I forgot to tell you guys something. We are going to build the wall. And the place went absolutely nuts. <laughs> I mean nuts. He says, I know people are telling you it's not going to happen. I'm telling you, not only will it happen, we're well, going to find out pretty soon that it's going to happen fairly quickly. And he's
5: going down, what, in the next few days to California to yep. go see the prototypes.
2: Did you see... Uh, where Trump announced today he's running in twenty twenty. I heard about it. He said he's he he already got his already got his uh, uh, you know guy to to run his campaign. Hmm. So Wonder who ready, that is. Ready go. It was some some guy that's really good with uh, social media. Young guy.
6: Hmm.
5: Works for me.
2: Fairly young guy. He looks uh, looks really good. Uh, and I'm I'm going to be honest. I I've been talking about that. I talked to to uh, a friend of mine at um, lunch today, and we were talking about it, and he says, eh, he'll have a hard time because Romney's going to run for president, too. And I looked at him and said, Romney's not going to run for president? And he says, he might. And I go, he's not going to run Romney. for president. Romney, who cares? Run- who Rom- cares? Rom- what who I'm cares? Thinking? No, but wait, <laughs> Romney's running for senator in Utah.
5: Because he wants eventually, I think, to run again. Well,
2: maybe so, but it's only been, you know, four years. If we wanted Get his head handed to him, I if hope we so. wanted a socialist, we'd vote for Bernie
4: Sanders. <laughs> there you go. I feel the same and way. Romney. I think, and he would be a real socialist. Yeah. Yeah. Romney is, you know, is, is one of these uh, socialist Republicans that tries to wear sheep's clothing. At least Bernie Sanders says what he is and looks like what he is instead <laughs> of looking like a skunk and quacking like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying,
5: you know, they're saying that he's just going to be McCain's replacement in the Senate, is what they're saying. Is uh, that right?
4: He's going to yeah. take that spot, well, uh, so to speak. Uh, so me, so we I don't know. That might down. be a small improvement. So
2: we can turn all of our anger to him. Well, I tell you what,
4: is there, is, is, is there a real Republican anywhere to run for that spot? You know,
5: you know when he first was nominated, I had... You know, residual good feelings about the man. And, you know, he did a really good job for the Olympics. It's true. I'll vote for him for Olympics. But, man, he blew it. (laughs) He blew it as far as I'm concerned. He is off the list. Well, you know know who
2: should hire him? NBC. Because their coverage of the Olympics stank it up. And they've lost (laughs) close to a billion dollars from what I Mm -hmm. understand. You you know who ought to hire Romney? Blue Cross Blue Shield. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs)
4: That's who ought to hire Romney.
5: Now, you know, here you go. I was just Thank reading you. this morning about this pharmacy benefit manager deal. It is a mess. It is a mess. Did you Welcome hear, to
2: socialized medicine. I mean, did, you, did you hear the story about Michelle Gray?
5: Well, which one?
2: Well, well the big, the big <laughs> one that has happened here just in the last day or, or two was that um, she told uh, everybody that she would not vote for Medicaid expansion unless they took care of that for the pharmacists. And the, and the governor went to her and told her he would take care of it. So she, I guess she'll vote for Medicaid expansion.
5: I think it was all a setup from
2: you think, the get-go when it was she a, said, you it's betcha. False, false flag, huh? Propaganda. You betcha. She'd already sold just, out. She'd already, she'd already sold, sold out. out a long time it ago. She was good to
5: go. We know, you know, during the last session what happened. She's carrying the water. I'm pretty sure. Now, the one I wanted to talk to is Ron Caldwell. I don't – Rod Ron Caldwell, the other um, – State Rep, Senator, mm-hmm. who yeah. is the one on the bill with Miss Gray. Because I was just reading in the paper this morning that they have prepared those bills. That bill is being prepared as we speak. Oh,
2: yeah. Because yeah, there's well, going to be a special session. Let me
5: tell you, you don't prepare a bill in a couple of days' time. And it was just a few days, just a handful of days ago. You tell me, did I lose a week? Uh, you know, when she said, I won't vote for it. They were already working on the bill. No. Come on. okay, Come
4: on.
2: All right. Yeah, she's already I working on, on the that. governor's bill for him. Well, we're going to yeah. have a good we're going to have a good visitor today. Yes, Dan Sullivan's coming. Now he's not been a pushover about all of this. Did, no, he has. What not. are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the fiscal session. All right, that's good. He's got a letter with sixty-two something signatures on it or whatever. He's Is gonna, that two-thirds? I think he's going <laughs> to. I think he's going to read that <laughs> on the air today. He's going to talk about it. So oh. I'm looking forward to it. He called me yesterday. Is
5: that his two-thirds that he's you looking need, to put something? I don't on know. Five, that, uh, we don't know. Sixty-seven. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know serves. what the number is. Well, I
3: mean, there's 100. So.
5: <laughs> oh, well, duh. I guess so. Yeah, 67. And so 66 and yeah. in a – Yeah, because I also saw where – is it Trent Garner was the one talking about the gun thing? And he said, well, I was going around getting signatures, but I decided not to. I'd rather try to work it through with, you know, just bringing it up, I guess, on the floor and having two-thirds what? of the room decide what, what, what to do it during Trent, the fiscal session. What was
3: Trent Garner's deal? I mean, Bob Ballinger had something that was just going to – make it so that the the people doing the uh, background or the um this concealed carry classes could offer just the regular concealed carry and not both if if they wanted to because I, I think the way the the law was worded that the the people doing the concealed carry classes would have to offer both concealed no. carry and enhanced no i that Never and, well, said Bob, i think may. Bob,
2: it said may not, I don't. I, don't I, haven't, much. I
3: haven't looked at it. So, but I think Bob Bellinger was was having a bill dealing with that issue. Yeah, there's well, people
4: translating good. it two different ways. Yes, you know, the sometimes problem. they write a bill that's not clear, so you can translate it either way. <laughs> you remember, actually, sometimes I think, right? them, <laughs> I think they write them. I think they write them that way on purpose, <clears throat> so you can translate it any way you want to.
3: Well, well, and, and, and pro- part of the problem is you, there's illiteracy problems among people in government, and that kind of messes things up.
2: All right. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Don't forget about Lewis family beef. Have you tried it yet? I mean, if you're, if you're saying, I don't know if I want to buy a a quarter cow or a half cow or a whole cow, you know, I don't even know what this is going to taste like. So let me just tell you, first of all, it tastes better than beef you'll buy at any of the big box stores. Second, you can go to Lewis family beef in Greenbrier and buy a you know a three pound roast or something like that. You just got to drive to their place to buy it. They're not going to deliver it to you. And then you'll find out what no antibiotics uh, in the cattle that you buy, and no additional hormones being injected in the cow other than the ones that it naturally produces. How that changes uh, the taste. It, your taste is absolutely fantastic. Plus, and I know there's some people don't buy this, but they uh they take those cows out and let them graze and they're stress-free and uh, means that uh, the meat's tenderer for the simple reason cortisol isn't being delivered into their bloodstream uh, like adrenaline and doesn't cause uh, the muscles to get to less than tender. So think about this. You can buy a quarter, a half, or a whole. The packing house will call you to see how you want it to deliver it to you. Then when they're done getting it ready, they'll call the Lewis Family Beef folks They will deliver it to your home absolutely free. So call Cody or Sarah 501 514 1494. That number again, 501 514 1494. Or visit them on Facebook. You can ask all the questions you want on Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com, Lewis Family Beef. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. If you want to watch the show, Facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show, Facebook live up and running. Things have been going very smoothly. Now we had a couple of hiccups when we first put the uh, equipment in, but now it looks like we may have surmounted those. So uh, I'm excited. I'm enjoying it. And I hope that you're enjoying it as well. This way you get to see what people look like and not just, uh, you know, form an image that, you know, I look like Clint Eastwood. You know, I know that's easy to do listening to me talk, but, uh, when you see me, just tell you, you're going to be disappointed.
3: Yeah, so, so in other words, get on the, on the web page, on the Facebook page and share it. so yeah. other People can see it. Let other people,
2: let other people know that you watch us. Uh, cause now we're, um, since it's running well, uh, we want to let as many people know that we're doing this so that we can build up the numbers of people that uh, are watching it. And I'm working with some of our guests now so that when they come on, sometimes they have uh, pieces of charts and things they want to show us. And I can take, if they'll send them to me a couple hours ahead of time, we can take, put them in the system, and we can show the charts live on the air while we're doing the, uh, the show. I w- wished I'd had the, uh, the charts that Ed Monk brought with him yesterday about police response times uh, to, uh, active shooters and things of that nature. And, and always remember this, if you hear that they got there within 10 minutes, everybody goes, wow, that's, oh. that's fast. No. Yeah. Except when you consider that every 10 seconds, somebody's dying. That's
3: not very fast. Yeah. No, that's six, no, six
2: people a minute
3: at, at the end of the 10 day. 10 minutes has 60 people. Yeah. Be, being there and being armed is the best way to deal with, um, I, don't want, I don't want. I don't want to get
2: into this right now because okay. I'm going to bring it up here on the show today. We're going to talk about it. It it cries to be talked uh, uh, talked about. And uh, every one of these companies now that is uh, giving the NRA all kinds of, of grief, thinking that they're going to gain extra customers. They're going. To, I'm, I'm one they're going to lose. Look, everybody who's attacking the NRA, you better understand something. You're not attacking, uh, attacking some kind of monolithic uh, group. You're attacking millions of Americans who belong to the NRA.
5: Who understand so our rights so and this, understand that this is not really about one side deciding that you can't have guns because they don't
3: like them. Yeah, so that's just one more reason not to shop with Amazon. Huh? Yeah. Well, I don't
2: know if am, was Amazon was. Amazon, one, I one think of them? it was. I don't you know, know. I better look that up I don't remember. to make sure. Now, FedEx has come FedEx. out today and are going to continue <laughs> to, to, deliver. to deliver. But there, was, there were several different companies that said that they were not going to do business with the NRA anymore. And I'll just say, hey, I've decided I'm not going to do business with you. And if every member, I want to tell you this, if every member of the NRA sent a quick text or a email, uh, they would freak out big time. All right. Got to get Todd Starnes to hear what he has to say. Then we'll be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So uh, today, earlier over at the Capitol, the marijuana activists got together. Uh, Did they like a parade in front with a big old doobie over their heads and stuff? I
5: told you it was going to be marijuana day today.
2: Yeah, I know. But were they carrying a big marijuana cigarette around or anything like that? (laughs) I I mean, no idea. they have any props that they were using? And it's
5: not even April 20th.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that special day for marijuana.
5: If they did, it, you know, it'll be in the paper.
2: Yeah, I've got a uh, press release here from uh, the family council and Jerry Cox. He brings up something in this that I didn't know was out there. And, and this tells me the, the people who are behind this, who have pushed so hard for it, don't have a a, a, a lick of sense. <laughs> uh, activists promoting marijuana gathered at the Arkansas co- Capitol to lobby for changes. They are already wanting changes to the bill to the state's medical marijuana amendment. Marijuana lobbyists such as the Drug Policy Education Group want to make it easier for Arkansans to qualify to use marijuana. In a more uh, egregious proposal, they have asked legislators, now I want you this this is going to just, just, just go into the legislators to pass a law to allow students to bring their marijuana to school. And uh, Jerry Cox says that it's shocking to hear that they want kids to be able to use marijuana at school. As a former public school teacher, I cannot imagine students using marijuana at school. Our schools are facing enough challenges without grownups pushing for kids to be able to use marijuana at school. Kids already can't tell marijuana-laced cookies or candies from normal ones. Bring those to school and see how many grade school kids end up high or in the emergency room like the students in Colorado and other states. Frankly, it's an irresponsible request that could harm our children who are in school. Look, I, I, if even if the kid is for whatever reason, I didn't even know that they could give marijuana, medicinal marijuana to a a young person underage. Uh, but they shouldn't be able to bring it to school and, and smoke in
3: it. Kids can't even bring aspirin to school, can they? Really? They no, can't they can even. bring it, but they've they got to
2: give it to the school nurse. Really? So I yeah. guess the school nurse is going to have her own uh, <laughs> stash, she gets you to, know, stash to there in the <laughs> nurse's room or whatever. To mm-hmm. me, you know, the truth
4: is coming out on who is behind this marijuana bill and everything that we've got. The people come in and, you know, they're playing grandma, being sick with cancer, and needing marijuana because there's not anything else to help her and playing all these commercials and saying people ought to have the freedom to do it. And now that they got their foot in the door and they got the medical part, then the gloves are coming off and, and, they're, and the same lobbyist and the same conduit of money that they got going through, uh, to get the, to get the medical, they will use the same contacts, the same lobbyist and, the same people to try to get it to we have recreational
3: marijuana oh, and, it would have, and if we don't have it in five years i'll be surprised i think that i think it should be legal but the thing is that we need to we need to do a better job of holding people accountable when they violate the rights of others and we do a terrible job of that right now and so that's a it it causes a a, a major um desire to keep things like this illegal because we just do an incredibly poor job of holding people accountable when they violate others.
2: Here's here's the other thing that I found interesting is that Jerry says that the push is on to lower taxes on the so-called medical marijuana program. Quote: the state of Arkansas is already subsidizing the (coughs) so-called medical marijuana program. No one knows if it will ever be you know, self-sustaining. Uh, uh, yet uh, marijuana proponents want their taxes lowered even more. It's bad enough that 47% of Arkansans who voted against medical marijuana have to deal with it being legal. Now they're expected to pay for it with uh, even more of their tax dollars.
3: Well, and we kind of talked about some of that back not long after it passed, is that it would have been a lot less trouble, and uh, in this case now we it would have been a lot cheaper if it had not been a medical marijuana issue where they're basically requiring the state to, to create this gigantic bureaucracy that's expensive, it would have been so much better and cheaper and easier on everybody if it had been a um, a, a, a hands-off thing for the like state. Rec- recreational? Recreational. Or, or just, or I, just I, I remove the it criminal. Would, it would not have, it wouldn't passed. have passed. No, I think you're probably no right way. at this point. Yeah, it wouldn't have passed. It would have passed.
2: I mean, a lot of people voted for this saying, well, you know, I know a guy that's got <laughs> right. you know cancer or... Uh, a friend that has Parkinson's and th- they say this would really help mm. them out. I'll, I'll vote for people to be able to have medicinal right. marijuana, but you ask them, should we vote for recreational De- marijuana just decriminalization? Mm. Yeah. I, I think you could have put think, it through the pharmacies
4: to where they could have got it the other way. And I the
5: mean, pharmacies, the, just like the doctors, didn't want to have anything well, that, to do with it. That's why that we've, didn't happen. We,
3: we've got this federal law that never should have been passed in the first place that outlaws marijuana. And so therefore, you've got some of these more so-called legitimate businesses exactly that don't want to touch it because they don't want to have... Because it's
2: illegal. Yeah. Well, it's still illegal.
3: There, yeah.
5: I never heard anyone talk about, when when they were trying to get it passed, I never mm. heard anyone talk about the benefits of the taxes probably because it's medical marijuana and not recreational because, you know, in Colorado you read all the time about, Oh, we're making so much money off the taxes and so forth and so on. So I think that's interesting. But they were,
2: they were generating a lot of taxes just off of medicinal marijuana. Oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. But you know, recreational, I guess the potential is a whole lot more. Sure. So, so the interesting thing that I thought was interesting is I saw it, saw it yesterday. Um, um, Sorry, she's the reporter for Capital View, Jessie Turnier. I'm yeah, not sure know. how to say her name. Her tweet, Arkansas Medical Marijuana Patients, there have been 4,000 cards approved. Okay. I thought, well, that's interesting because I think that's a fairly low number. Yeah. And I went back and looked. Three million at, people. Well, sure enough, sure enough, last fall, the state of Arkansas predicted, you know, government predictions. Anybody yeah. want to
2: guess? <laughs> yeah, we know. they should. twenty
5: to 40,000 yeah. people. We've well, not, had four well, thousand. So but so with
2: that said, it we haven't been at that point yet where it's time that you can go out and procure right,
3: it's, not it's not available yet. It's so taken so long that many point? people who yeah.
5: said they were all about it have said, Oh, it's never gonna happen. And, right. and, oh. and
3: and the thing is it may people may feel kind of uneasy about registering, especially if they can they don't get anything out of it yet. Well if and that's that's what I'm saying. I think some, some people have the, backed
5: up. But I that I mean Y'all know I have a math problem: twenty to forty thousand 40, mm-hmm. versus four thousand, ten percent.
3: Right, right. And so, but the thing is, though, that if, four thousand people if out of three million not available yet to buy. Why would people sign up for it unless they're just anticipating it coming soon? Those are the people who believe mm-hmm. in yeah. the legislature. You, they
2: got uh, they've got billboards up. Yeah, I mean, there's one out on sixty-seven, one sixty-seven, going uh, southbound. Uh, that's uh, there just before you get to. Sure would. You've seen that one, R.D. You've had to yeah. have seen that. Uh, saying, go to this uh, website to, to sign get up. Get your marijuana card. Huh. Medicinal marijuana card. I Did it say by paid say. for by the state of Arkansas? No, I think it said paid for by. No, I didn't say anybody. See it. <laughs> well. <laughs> Paid for by your stoner friend. <laughs> for, for
5: whatever it's worth, you're talking um, about this article on Family Council, and it mentions the lobbyists, the Drug Policy Education Group. The mm-hmm. so first thing went off in my head is, is that a local lobbyist or is that a national lobbyist? So I looked it up.
2: Is that, uh, what's your name, down in uh, East End running that running that? It's Melissa Fultz. Yeah. Yeah, if that's who's behind the Drug running, Policy Education he's Group. She's running for Senate.
5: So it's a local lobbyist. It's not yeah. an out-of-state people that... I don't know if it matters a lot, but it changes a little bit. Um, But that's the other person that was behind the other amendment. I think that's very interesting because she portrayed herself as having the more conservative of the two. And it seems by this article that she's way out there left, further left than they ever started. Marijuana in school. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And then then she uh, she's running for uh, state senator uh, against uh, Kim Hammer against kim, kim hammer. hammer oh okay mm-hmm. yeah that, hmm. inter- that's, that's interesting that's, kim want kim to predict that one was. guys well can, yeah. can we can we, go, can we go hammer can we
3: go can we go watch a debate between them
2: <laughs> you know kim gets to like... use the hammer on all the bongs
5: <laughs> i bet you could go and ask some good questions
7: uh,
2: yeah it could be but she can't run on the marijuana now unless it's recreational well and you don't and if she's mm-hmm. smart she won't run on that who's He's running hammer. against kim hammer uh, this, Melissa this Melissa yeah. Fultz,
5: the gal that was behind the she's, one she's marijuana thing dr- that the didn't drug make policy it. Yeah, oh, okay. you know, there were two. There were two competing. Uh, you would, you proposals. Would think that,
3: that Hammers district might not be just too conducive to.
5: It'd be interesting to attend it, that town hall.
3: No, yeah. <laughs> I probably will
2: go down well, for it.
5: And you can't you can't get elected on one issue. No, I'm sorry, I just don't believe that.
2: Unless I run for governor and say. I will legalize
5: marijuana,
2: <laughs> and I well, bet I get a lot of votes.
5: The governor was just on what CBS over the week, CNBC over the weekend. Again, I kind of wonder why he goes there. Who knows what he said? I didn't listen. No,
2: I'm not interested in it. <laughs> Nobody in Arkansas right
4: watches he, those channels, he but did. he seems to be on it all the time.
5: Remind me when we go talking about the guns,
2: because yep. he was
5: both sides of his mouth were working.
2: Okay, oh, yeah. well we'll talk about that when we come back. Guns are off next. Coming up at three o'clock, Ryan Norris, who's the new state director of Americans for Prosperity, will join us in four o'clock hour. State Representative uh, Dan Sullivan will be here in the studio. And he's got some interesting things to talk about. And don't forget five o'clock. It's the Bible guys right here on the Dave Ellswick show. We are down to uh, nine minutes here in this first hour. It's gone fast. Ryan Norris will join us when we come back. So I knew this would be a hot topic to talk about. So let's go ahead and finish up this hour talking about it. And that is so many Americans getting so emotionally invested in something that they've lost their freaking minds. Uh, And I'm talking about gun control. I mean, what you're hearing from the people who are anti-gunners has no rationale behind their arguments at all. None. None zero well, just because an ar-15 was used doesn't mean that pistols you know semi-automatic pistols couldn't been used i had i had ed monk on yesterday talking about one of the worst mass shootings in ireland was with a, a guy that had four pistols and he killed uh, well over 17 people and uh, if you had a shotgun i mean we've we've had that happen as well worse. that
4: would be worse yeah
2: a pump you better believe it. I mean, that would be the worst. semi automatic even. I,
4: I don't even don't even want to think about the damage you could do with with a yeah, shotgun. But the thing is though that
3: just at the end of the day, one the really just just about the best way to stop mass killers is for people in the area in the in the crowd, in the audience, in the in the vicinity to be armed. And it's it doesn't cost anything generally speaking for just allowing people to have the liberty or their rights that are guaranteed in the Constitution anyway to just be armed.
5: None of us but, were there, but that teacher that died, the athletic director, the football coach, I, coach yeah. I, I keep thinking and wondering
2: if he had if a he'd had gun, a
5: handgun, what would have happened? Yeah, have stopped. He would've, What would have happened? He, he would have stopped somebody, I'm pretty sure.
2: They, they, but I wasn't there. They'll you know, tell but, you if you have somebody there with a firearm, you will slow the shooter down. And that in most cases for at least five minutes. Well, in five minutes, you could have a bunch of Broward County sheriffs cower, cowering outside. Coming out of the bushes.
5: <laughs> uh, didn't it okay,
2: They're not coming inside. You know, they're yeah. staying outside. That's yeah. a bad thing, which goes to show you the argument. Right. Of, well, we, if a policeman gets
3: there, he'll take care of it. Well, maybe maybe not won't. so much. Right, And that's 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 the that's the, 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 the crazy thing about this is. You should just trust us. Give a, Turn in your guns. The police will tr- protect you.
2: Apparently, they won't. So, I give credits. Mm-hmm. I give kudos. Uh, the president has talked about arming teachers. He has never said that every teacher should be armed. Understand that. That's one of the most, the big misnomers that are out there. Uh, the school system would pick what they think would be necessary you know, 10, 15 different people who want volunteers. That kind of responsibility then they go through training, and then, you know, they'll be uh, there on the school grounds, just like they are right now in Clarksville.
3: I talked to a cabinet teacher. That's happening right now in good. Clarksville. Well, but the thing is, you know, you know what's kind of neat, though, is that you don't even have to do, get all this extra training because if you look at the statistics, just simply people who have concealed carry permits, they're safer than police officers already. So if, you, if so you've got somebody with a concealed carry permit, I think that should be a, an, an easy decision to make you can carry in schools. That that well, should the, be an easy decision well, right I,
2: I, th- I think it would be all right to, to ask that they go through an active shooter type of uh, training to have th- that I kind t- of knowledge.
4: I talked to a teacher. I won't mention any names. It's a teacher in the Cabot School System mm-hmm. last week. Was it the sum- superintendent sermon? No, no, no. It oh, wasn't. Oh, no, no. Was, oh, it was, was a hoping. teacher. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> who has a concealed weapon mm-hmm. and would like to be able to carry it to help protect the students right but he did say that he would like to have training Mm -hmm. about the best ammunition and and the best way to protect the children so uh so basically he was saying that he has the concealed weapon license but he would like to have more training and would like to have the authority to exercise his freedom which we all on this show believe he should have but just to think uh let's go to chicago i was talking to someone else let's go to chicago let's go to detroit and let's see how gun laws protect people how making more laws you know they've got real good gun laws in chicago real good gun laws in detroit it's against the law to shoot people there believe it or not (laughs) and and it's against the law to own a gun there and you know uh, criminals still have guns (laughs) drug addicts still have drugs even though they're against the law for crying well,
3: out loud they have drugs in prison only law abiding right. people follow it, the law right. you've you right. tons and tons of controls in prison and they still have drugs how so, does that happen
4: so let's be real but, and, and let's protect the right. children instead of using this as a as some type of a Politified. catastrophe it, Yeah, an, catastrophe well, to, and using a real bad thing to take people's
3: rights right. away from them It's yeah, no, not about the children don't let a crisis go to waste but at the end of the day right. What you have though is if you have if you have a sign up on the door of the school saying our teachers carry guns, those teachers don't need any training because nobody will come there and and try to perform a mass killing. No but one will do it. Ed, it just doesn't happen.
5: Ed mentioned that what there's only been. He was talked about gun-free zones and how many shootings have been, and it's like 98 percent of them are in gun-free gun- free zones. Right, right. And so it just oh my simply gosh.
3: doesn't happen. I agree. Uh, uh, I agree. Two percent of the time they, 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 they pick something, and, and, and I think the one percent – the one case I think was Gabby Giffords where it was yes. – was It was an yes. – they were targeting a, a particular politician exactly. in that case I think. So you actually have an assassination attempt. Right. So it wasn't, that just wasn't a, mass a mass killing; so that was an much, assassination. Even though they killed several yeah. people, or targeted. So, so I think that may have been the only case documented where it wasn't a gun-free zone. So generally speaking, though, where you ha- when you have these people that are trying to go out and kill tons and tons of people, they're gun-free zones. You get you take away the fact that it's a gun-free zone, nobody's going to come to do their stuff, do, the the th- do their killing.
5: The thing I like about you know talking about arming people, volunteers in schools, mm-hmm. is that among the people that I know about who are concealed carry permit holders, some of the most responsible people. And there is a statistic. I can't find it. You know, there's never been a shooting involving an individual who was licensed by the NRA, Mm -hmm. number one, you know, an official Uh, NRA uh, person. Um, These people are people who want to carry a gun for protection. They understand our rights. They understand the gravity of what they're Mm -hmm. doing. That's why your friend, R.D., wants to take extra training, I'd like to do this. I know I'm capable. I need to be trained to do it well.
2: Yeah, I want to use the right, you know, he's saying, I want to use the right ammunition, Yeah, you know, and and what kind of caliber would be best for me to have. I mean, I understand. Those are legitimate questions, I believe. And
5: putting someone through crisis training, whether you're carrying a gun or not, if you think you're going to respond in a crisis, you need that training.
2: And I think Ed Monk should be the gun czar (laughs) here in the state. I agree. You he's think, got his you head
3: think, on straight. You think we can get Ace to hire him to be the guns? Oh, I, the, don't know. The I, don't know. Guns I don't know. I
2: don't know. We can't get to do How that. many people love Ed over at the Capitol? There's some that don't like him very uh. much at all. All right, we got to get a break coming up. Ryan Norris from uh, AFP will be talking to him, and we'll probably chase some uh, rabbits with him while he's on here. He'll be telling us about what's going on at the fiscal session. Don't forget that uh, state rep. Dan Sullivan is also going to be with us, but he'll be with us in the 4
1: o'clock hour. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation, so call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250, or look us up online at JuristLawGroup, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501 or Google me, Kimbro Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you.
2: All right. We are back in the studio and uh, that really handsome guy over there with the, the wavy hair. Uh, yeah, there he is right there. You're seeing him right now. That is Ryan Norris. He is the new state director of uh, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, the folks from AFP were really instrumental in getting us to CPAC, and we appreciate that. I thought uh, a lot of information came out of CPAC this year, a lot of good stuff.
8: Yes, yes, definitely. It was a uh, vitamin-packed
2: CPAC. Yeah, I liked it that <laughs> we had uh, right at the very beginning, the first segment of the show, and I uh, might have to cut it out and go back to the show and cut it out. Tim Phillips was on with us. He was really, really good. I got to know Tim back in 2008 when the bus mm-hmm. tours were going on. And uh, I ran into him in the hallway Mm -hmm. and said, why don't you come on the show? I said, Matt Hurt's going to be there, too. And he says, yeah, I know Matt. He says, I'll be there. (laughs) So he showed up. And then Matt, about 10 minutes into the show, said, well, I'm going to take off and (laughs) let Tim take care of things. I guess sitting next to your boss like that is intimidating. (laughs) It it
8: is. Particularly, I mean, he's one of the hardest working folks we have in afp i mean he's all over the the country all the time never slows down so it can be intimidating sent next to him all mm-hmm. right so
2: you've been over watching what's been going on during the fiscal session yes i was gone that last week so i i don't know squat basically uh although i was told by brenda Fasser uh that uh, from conduit for action that right now it looks like very little is going on she thinks it would be like uh, after Thursday that all the screaming will start because, she says, that would give all the the politicians the chance to get themselves ready to run, and they'll know whether they're going to have somebody yeah. challenging them or not. And how they're going to vote. And so yeah. they can tell how they're going to vote.
8: Yeah, <laughs> it, that, that sounds about right. I mean, it has been fairly quiet. Uh, there has been one bill that's kind of come up that's – caused a little bit of controversy with the amendment to house bill 1122 um, that's regarding the 529 savings plans so that's brought in some uh some interesting conversation
2: what do they want to do with this 529 i thought that was a good
8: program it is a good program so what they're proposing is to uh, allow it to be used not just for higher education but for k through 12 education Ooh. <gasps> yeah and uh the,
6: in other
3: words, people saving their own money to pay for their own kids' school,
8: yes, and it gets it gets it gets worse according to the opposition. It's gonna be about a five million dollar hit to uh tax revenues because um you know it's it's going to be a five up to five thousand dollars tax deduction uh, wow. and, and uh so the sky's gonna fall out and it's, right so it's, so, it's all gonna end so so
3: some parents. Save the state eleven thousand dollars a year by taking their kid out of school, approximately, mm-hmm. and they might get a tax rebate of or a ta- tax cut of of maybe thousand dollars for that, maybe for for that, maybe t- eleven thousand dollars that they're that they're saving the state. Right. Yeah. So the state should be looking at this and saying this is a really good deal. Give it to them.
8: Well, it, it's um, it's interesting. Not for the teachers. Because it, it appears to be one of those, the state the saves EA. money the fewer folks that are in, you know, fewer students that you have that right. are going to private school. You know, we hear that same thing regarding other issues, too, such as Medicaid expansion. Right. The fewer folks <laughs> on it, exactly. the, the more money we save, right? Exactly. So so it's interesting because um, it's, um, I think that it's a, it's a good amendment. Um, it's going to allow for greater choice. And these same folks who are putting their kids through private school are also paying, you know, millage taxes. Right. And that's going, you know, to the state to the schools. And so no one's talking about double dipping when, you know, on that. I think, you know, it seems fair. To, it's not even fair yet. We, we've <laughs> yeah, got a way to go before yet. it
3: gets fair. But right. The, but the, the at, at the end of the day, I, I think what we have is we have got the, these government programs, including public school and whatever right. else, they're they're like big gigantic overfed hogs, and you, you ask them, you know, c- can we can we cut the feed a little bit? And they're like, mm-hmm. no way, we can't. We got to keep these kids coming in and, and bringing their money, which is right. which is what we're talking about here. So parents might decide, you know what? I think I can this this little bit of a tax cut here on on basically make, making mm-hmm. um, private school tax deductible. Um, that might be enough to put it over the edge where I can actually afford to k- send my kids to a private school. And it's going to save the state a lot of money, but it might take a little bit of revenue away from some of these school districts, which is kind of like asking a hog whether or not he wants more, more feed or less feed. Right.
2: So let me ask this question from you, Ryan. Who are those who are so upset about this?
8: Well, it's it's going to be your traditional uh, anti-school choice groups. Okay, so the NEA and who else? <laughs> Walmart. Yeah. It, well, uh, no, no, not against it. Is that right? They're, not against it. No, That's I don't think thing. so. I haven't heard that. So I'm okay. only I'm only going to speak about what I what I've actually heard. I'm not well, going to yeah, speculate. Good. Right. good, good. You know, I'm going to speak on what I know. What I don't know, I'll let you. I'll, I'll definitely say I, won't, I don't know that answer. But uh, but I know that um, Reform Alliance is is for this. You know, I've heard that sure. firsthand. Well, of course, yeah. So um, again, I haven't haven't thrown it out there to see who else. But there were 55 votes for it. They needed 51. Mm-hmm. So uh, 55 votes for it in the House.
2: So that brings it, gives it the opportunity to be brought up during mm-hmm. the fiscal session then. Yes. Good. Yes.
8: It's being used as an amendment to the 1122, uh, House Bill 1122, which I believe is the Treasury's funding appropriation. Bill. Okay. So keep an eye out for it. Um, you, if you are interested in school choice, definitely let your uh, representatives know and also your senators know because it's going to be heading that direction soon. To so only 55 yeah, fifty-five. Okay, we got what
3: seventy-six Republicans in the state house. Yeah,
8: yeah. and, and it only got fifty-five votes. What's what's wrong? Well, again, I won't necessarily <laughs> speculate because I haven't had a chance to who poll they, everybody. Who are they but, to? Governor, yeah. But you know. Let let's let's say hey yay fifty five yeah you know, that's fifty five this is a passed. this is a it's win. win this is a win it's a win it's a win so yeah. it's it's the ball is still in the air and uh, there's opportunity there's because it's gotten this far there's definitely going to be uh, some opposition some start up. start ramping mm-hmm. up so uh, if you are interested in this issue you know definitely reach out to uh, AFP and maybe we can help plug who, you in
3: who is the sponsor
8: um. I believe the sponsor was Jason Ray Was it? Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, that would have started in the Senate side if it was Jason.
8: No, uh, hold on. It started. In, and all I saw was that it, it started in the House Joint Budget Committee. Okay. And I couldn't see uh, when I looked at the bill, I didn't see a a sponsor. Do they have a name? Num- Do we have a number? HB, 1122? It? HB eleven twenty two. The 1122. But I know that he spoke for
3: it. Good deal. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we need to get Jason Raper to call in. I am. I'm, I'm
8: in
4: him right now. Cool. That's funny that you brought up Medicaid expansion. You know, the establishment has been saying that we are saving money by getting less people on it. Yeah. But if you dissolved it, we would go broke. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I I really haven't figured that out yet. I know that's what you were referring right. to, but uh, I was just going to bring that up for listeners. I know that's, I the, that's the math that they use. I know anyway. I couldn't get it past you. You knew that. Yeah. <laughs> You knew I'd have to refer back to that and explain it a little bit, but that's what they say.
2: Yeah. All right. So, what else is going on? What, what are we hearing from uh, this whole thing about Medicaid expansion and and uh, this thing for the pharmacists and all the rest? Um,
8: well, regarding Medicaid expansion, something that we need to keep an eye on, and and this hasn't necessarily come up in the fiscal session here, of course, but. We are continually being sold on the idea that we will have work requirements soon. You know, that work requirements coming through, it's going to save us a lot of money. But something interesting uh, that came up, my counterpart in Louisiana uh, had an issue come up to where basically uh, they took the work requirements and passed some additional legislation to where you couldn't take someone off even if they weren't working. Mm -hmm. And so the... It totally negated the whole point. So that's something that I have put in the back of my mind that as we move closer towards 2019 and and legislation and all that, we need to be vigilant that the good things that may come up. Let's say that it does happen that we do get the uh, the work requirement uh, criteria, we need to be vigilant that it doesn't get absconded away with. Oh yeah, right. And, uh, and that's, that's, you know, the the price of liberty's eternal vigilance, right? So we have to, to remain. I found that kind of interesting because my colleague was, uh, was commenting on this to me and, and, uh, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to put that in the back of my mind because it was being touted as, Hey, this is great. It's going to say wow, this.
4: Now, if you look at the work requirements currently that they're proposing, if you look at it and you can read the article in the Arkansas Democrat mm-hmm. about a month ago about the work requirements, The work requirements uh, do not apply to pregnant women Mm -hmm. that have children. It doesn't uh, apply to mothers that have children that are single mothers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't uh, apply to anyone that is on any kind of drug rehabilitation program. And uh, so it doesn't apply to anyone that's on welfare. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, the, the work requirements, are a hoax to start with so all you have to do is get a divorce if you're married (laughs) or you can get on drugs or you know there is really easy to get around the work requirements because there's enough loopholes that the work requirements are nothing but a
3: propaganda game
4: yeah even if you do get them Well,
3: well but but at the end of the day at the end of the day if you're not working, isn't your income low enough that you get free health care anyway? Isn't that how that works? Pretty much. So it's it's. You I haven't it. experienced that
8: firsthand.
4: Well, but I mean, isn't isn't that the way that works? So it's 138 percent of poverty levels. What it is in Arkansas right, so right now. So so if you're not working, don't, doesn't that generally put you below that level? <coughs> well, well, what you do. Uh, I know a lady that is the manager of a major hotel in in Little Rock, and she works you know, 45 hours a week mm-hmm. and uh, try to support her family. But most of the people that cleans rooms and, and does other things around the hotel will only work 20 hours a week because what you do, what the government is training people is now you can make 138% of the poverty level Let's and still you still get free insurance and all these benefits that are very expensive. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. draw a line. So the governor says, well, what we're going to do is we're going to drop it back to a hundred percent, and then, uh then we'll save all this money. Of course, it looks Which, to me like we'd save money if we killed it. Then we're going to save all this money. <laughs> but all we're doing, we're telling all these people, you need to work we, we, five hours
3: less this week to so, get it. So the incentive may just end up being that they have that they're going to reduce productivity. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, what we're doing, we're
4: incentivizing people <laughs> not
3: to work. Is it what we're well, doing? And, and you know, and yeah. you know, if you've got, if you've got. A major medical condition that's really expensive, like maybe diabetes or or um, or something else, maybe you've had a kidney transplant or something like that that costs maybe thousands of dollars a month in in, in um, ongoing costs, and you, you look at it, you know, I can work 40, 50 hours a week for myself, and then have to come up with $20,000 a year in insurance or something mm-hmm. like that, or I can keep my income down below a certain level, and I'll get it free. Hey, that's the way it's working right now. I have neighbors that do not have
4: health problems. They pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for insurance. Mm-hmm. That's insane. With, with ten to fifteen thousand dollar deductibles for the family, that is the norm. Right. So everybody that's working is paying for their insurance. Then everybody else that's not working's insurance. The,
2: the, most of the people have a a feeling for what's really happening as far as medical care in
8: the state, uh, Ryan. I think that, yes, they do. I mean, medical care is so personal an issue that that everybody keeps an above-average, I think, um, interest in it. Uh, but what happens is, is, just like we were kind of discussing about the, the work requirements, is that we have to make sure that the information, as our de- decision-makers are up there making the decisions, that the information that's been provided to us is accurate, that it's unbiased, that there are uh, someone that is giving good-faith uh, interpretations of what the impacts truly are. I'm sure the lobbyist will do that. Well, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surely the, surely the medical industry lobbyist
3: and the pharmacy lobbyist, all these people will give perfectly unbiased. Yeah,
8: I'm, I'm not—I think— I don't think that's quite the way it works. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> but, but but what I'm saying is that it trans, transparent government with honest, good faith actors. We need to understand that we need to have these face to face conversations with our legislators. AFP is a place that that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to build that that uh, that relationship with our elected officials and with the citizens of Arkansas to where we can broker those face to face and we can hold accountability. For these things that are being that are being discussed, I I meet with legislators all the time, and my conversation with them is I'm going to shoot straight with you. Please shoot straight with me because I can do simple mathematics. I'm fairly a logical guy, and uh, and I want to understand what you're really seeing. If if what you're telling me is the truth that we're really in such difficult situations that you have to make a tough decision and it's X, just let me know that. Don't try to trick me into believing that it's going to be a positive thing and then turn around and do what happened to my colleague in the other state where they pull out the work requirement to make it basically a totally neutral thing, even if it worked at an optimal level already, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to do. We have to get really serious. It's more than just yelling at them all the time. Sometimes you just need to – the worst thing that ever happened to me in church service whenever I messed up as a kid wasn't with, you know – my dad yanking me up or yelling at me is when my mom would lean over and just silently get you it know, almost whisper in my ear, you better straighten up. Mm-hmm. I knew I was really in trouble then. And sometimes we need to to have those kind of conversations with like, Hey, tell us the truth on this. Don't, don't play us around. And, you know, I guess that's the struggle we've, we've had since uh, the ability to, to host votes and have campaigns and all that kind of thing. But, but again, Good things, good things can be happening. We just It's on us to make sure that the right decisions are being made.
2: Okay, just like in an NFL game, except I don't have the orange gloves on, <laughs> we got to take a break. So we'll do that right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, claiming your Social Security benefits is complicated. It is confusing. It gets worse every year, and it can end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits, increased taxes, higher Medicare premiums. Uh, David Lucas hosted the David Lucas show right here on News Radio 965 FM, The Answer. hosted 17 educational Social Security workshops last year. All of them sold out, and it, they did because uh, people heard how good they were because of David's expertise on Social Security. So there's another one of these educational Social Security workshops coming up in March the 29th and 30th. If you want to register to go to one of these events, all you got to do is call the number I'm going to give you in a moment. It will cost you $18. It includes a 34-page maximizing social security workbook. So don't get cheated out of those thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits. Call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. I want to ask Ryan about it. And if uh, AFP has been looking at this, uh, the Trump administration, of course, has been attacking the regulatory state here in the United States. And their proposed regulations now uh, would expand an alternative to the comprehensive medical plans under the ASA. Mm-hmm. which is good. This is a good thing. Uh, President Trump uh, was saying you could buy so-called short-term policies for up to 12 months. The coverage would admit some key consumer protections and offer fewer benefits, like maybe you're a guy and you don't get maternity coverage, uh, making it unattractive <laughs> for older people or those with health problems the plans would come with a disclaimer that they don't meet the Affordable Care Act safeguards such as guaranteed coverage, 10 broad classes of benefits, limits on how much older adults have to pay. Insurers could also charge more if a consumer's medical history discloses health problems. But this is the way you deal with something like mm-hmm. this. You, you, you build something that people can choose from. I have right. heard that Idaho is doing that as well. And we'll come back and I want to talk to you specifically about this because we're about, uh, uh 15 seconds or so away from Fox news, but you're going to love this RD because <laughs> this is exactly what we've been hoping for. Uh, that might be coming, uh, d- down the pike, so to speak. And it's got the people who love Obamacare very, very nervous real, because they could seek really a really good insurance. Yeah, real insurance. That's exactly <laughs> right. All right. So let's get to Fox News, find out what's going on in the world, and then we'll come back and we'll take up that and other things on the Dave Ellswick show. We continue Dave Ellswick show here in the uh, three o'clock hour. Our special guest, Ryan Norris is with us from uh, Arkansas's uh, Americans for Prosperity. He's the state chairman. Uh, of the group and uh, w- what are the things that you're zeroing in on right now with AFP I mean you're watching what's going on right with the uh, the uh, fiscal session mm-hmm. and uh, you brought us news about this whole thing of HB 1122 from what you're seeing for the people you're talking about is there a, a chance that this actually can be gotten into
8: law well, I mean, it's already cleared a couple of hurdles, and so it's it's moving on. Um, there is opportunity, but the opposition to uh, such an um, amendment as this House Bill 1122 has, if it's going to improve school choice, you're going to have a well-organized opposition come out against it. So if you are interested in school choice, and if you are interested in in uh, education freedom shall we say the ability to pick for you and your family what may be best even if you don't have a 529 account this does affect you because it's again allowing for the opportunity later on for additional school choice uh, advancements so contact your your senators Uh, let them know that because that's where it's going to be heading next let them know how you feel about it Uh, take a Take a chance to go online, go to ArkansasLegislator.com, uh, uh, ArcLeg, right? I think it is ArcLeg.com. ArcLeg. Let .com. me
3: just pull it up quick.
8: Yeah. Uh, and just, you can type in ArcLeg in Google and it automatically pulls it up. Uh, take a look over it. See what it says. It's basically allowing you the opportunity to uh, pay for private education out of a 529 savings plan and deduct $5,000 a year <coughs> off that plan. Uh, on your taxes assuming you spend
3: actually huh? enough money to, yeah. to deduct that so it's not yes. a, it's not a tax um credit you know, it's a tax
2: write-off yes essentially. deduction okay so jason rapert <laughs> senator rapert sent me a text back i sponsored 529 plan amendment cool added dots and his co-sponsor to represent the house okay mm-hmm. good deal So that's where good. it's at right now
4: good well i could tell them how to get it passed you know for many years the veterans were trying to get a tax credit for the retired veterans in the state of Arkansas Mm -hmm. because they were being taxed on the retirement. So a lot of people were retiring and leaving the state of Arkansas. These are people that are, have money in the bank and get jobs and go back to work. Mm -hmm. So it was revenue neutral in five years, (laughs) but all they had to do to get their, their tax credit was tax three other people to replace it. And they created three permanent taxes. Now, This tax credit becomes revenue positive in five years, but we got three other taxes passed to go along with it that will never end as long as we live. So uh, hopefully we'll just have to watch it. That's part of being responsible citizens, as you were talking about earlier. But anytime you see anything become a tax credit in the state of Arkansas, Mm -hmm. real quick, you have to start looking where where you're going to replace the money. They did it with the veterans, but hopefully – this will stay
3: tax negative instead of tax neutral. So you're saying that if we called it um, um, uh, revenue neutral, then, then it would maybe be a, be a, have a better chance of passing? Yeah, yeah. even so,
2: revenue positive would be better. As long, yeah. <laughs> as long as it either makes money or doesn't lose money, it has a chance to
8: pass. Well, that the opposition is coming out and saying a couple of things, one being that, they believe this to be too comprehensive a move on education issue to be considered in the fiscal session. But now we know that that's it, it's moving on. Yeah. So that's that that's answer. Good. That's been solved. The next is that uh, there is an opportunity to offset the potential five million dollar a year loss on it. Uh, so, again, yeah, well, going no. back to because the of, net, because a lot of go. because yeah.
3: of a lot of a lot of students may actually be pulled out of public school, which saves the state
8: tons and tons. Oh, and tons no, of that's money. not
3: what he's talking about.
4: Yeah,
8: I'm. You, you know what I'm talking about, already.
4: Yeah, what he's talking about is there's opportunities to add other
8: taxes to replace Aww. the money. And so that's not being allowed in the way that this is being done. So I, I, I think a br- a brilliant, brilliant maneuver. <laughs> uh, you know, in, in this instance, because that's the complaint that's being being made. And uh, but again, we we believe that it's a positive, pro school choice uh, amendment, and uh, and we're very supportive of those.
2: Yeah. And, and we need some of those moves forward. And we've had this argument now for at least two, maybe three general sessions about making too big of a move. Yeah. You're going too big, you know, and it's not like we're going too big. I mean, Lori Lee and, and others mm-hmm. have been fighting mm-hmm. for this yes. for years and they keep getting the same kind of Garbage thrown back at them.
3: Where are these Republicans coming up with this idea that too much liberty is a problem? <laughs> I, I didn't mean, say it was just Republicans. No, it's not right. just Republicans. It's the Democrats. Right. Sure, I'm, I'm saying. But, but the but the Democrats don't seem to mind taking big moves when it goes towards socialism. Or towards gun control. Or towards gun control. But where, where why, <laughs> About don't, the why, aren't, why aren't we seeing Republicans stand up with a spine and actually promote some big moves toward liberty? Well, there's been some uh, over there
2: you've been at the general sessions for the last what two times right
6: well uh, i mean mean, richard
3: Richard womack will will try some bills sometimes but Mm -hmm. but he ends up being almost alone well i you know who's who's stunned me bart
2: hester he the dude is doing like a 180 it's Mm. it's kind (laughs) of scary to be honest so anyway i'll go back to ryan (laughs) enough of our thoughts on this let's go back to ryan uh, I asked him to be here today so that he could give some of the things that he's seen. What What's the feeling that you're getting over there uh, at the uh, you know the the Capitol? Uh, are mm-hmm. we hearing any talk over there about like what uh, Idaho is thinking about, what Trump is thinking about these insurance policies and stuff, and making those kinds
8: of of moves? Well, with the fiscal session, those kinds of moves haven't been discussed overtly i mean that may be conversations that i'm not privy to behind, right now. The scenes. behind the scenes you know that's where it all starts you start off with hey guess what idaho did i read it in a in, in an article and then it let's kind of builds yeah let's have lunch and then that kind of thing so so uh, i haven't heard specifically on this because again they're they're dealing with appropriations in general um but what i'm what i'm hearing is again it's, it's a fiscal session there are those that are saying okay well you know, we're getting to the point of deductions in income tax. If we're going to have, or not deductions, but in uh, reductions of income tax, we're going to eventually have to get to a point of start to talk about spending reductions. Right. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, that that's interesting to hear, too. I mean, it hasn't been comprehensive. When you comprehensive
2: said that, you just sent ice water through a lot yes. of elected officials' yes. blood. I,
8: I know. That's, I know. Not, that's
4: unconservative
8: because <laughs> there are there there are you know there's legitimate roles for government and there's legitimate roles for taxes we need to get a grasp on that and really get serious about what is the scope and size of government what is it supposed to be you know everybody one of the greatest things i've ever heard is when i i believe it was ted cruz came out and said i want a government that fits within the bounds of the constitution you know that would be great to, that, you, that you we mu- get to. You must be a terrorist. You must be an anarchist. No, no. no. <laughs> He's a if, just, if you actually want the government to fit inside the Constitution, but you must be. The, the point that I'm getting at is that there are yeah. legitimate things like the road construction. Yeah. Yes, we got 4.8, almost five billion dollars worth of road projects sitting on a shelf. There are legitimate concerns about you know our bridges and our infrastructure, etc. But we need to find a way of addressing that without taxing
2: without breaking the bank
8: right i mean we have some of the highest income taxes in our region we need to address that it would make us more appealing if we had fewer taxes your case in point rd you had uh individuals who had and then again we already covered the uh the the budget neutral more taxes on the military income retirement um you know being uh, being untaxed but when when you have a situation like that to where you're a tax pro uh you know income tax area like arkansas is with these uh retirements for military veterans you have people that want to stay and you have people that want to come and spend their money we have to find an environment that it attracts business without having to buy business that attracts individuals to this state without having to buy them here
4: well you and i are on the same page that's a that's an excellent idea there
8: well, and it's not unique. It's not a, it's not a brilliant idea. It just makes sense, you know, that, that you want to create that environment. So they're talking through the tax uh, task force trying to figure this out. And, again, yeah, I understand, but I think there's legitimate. You have to take the tools that are pro-offered to us and work with those as much as possible to get the result that is, that is possible.
4: Right. That's excellent. You just you just laid out what North Carolina has done and what the University of Arkansas has done an excellent pamphlet, and I think an excellent job from the business school over there putting together a program to reduce taxes mm-hmm. and showing where other states have done it, much like Ronald Reagan did, and mm-hmm. created more income by lowering taxes and promoting more business. Yes, It's just like Donald Trump is, is trying to do right now, but... That is a very unusual idea in the state of Arkansas. (laughs) We have never seen it happen in Arkansas before. And I don't think there's a climate for it right here, but I sure love your positive attitude. And we will keep, (laughs) we will definitely keep watching and, you know, hoping, holding our elected officials accountable that we are paying attention. And we would like to see them. What you're saying is is you cannot reduce taxes without reducing the budget. Yes. You have to reduce budget. So what you just you said, and cut I do, government. you have right. to cut government. So what you just said is Arkansas will not grow. Arkansas will not attract the type of businesses that we want. The small businesses in Arkansas are never going to be as profitable if, as they should be still Arkansas's government costs less then all the tax states adjoining us. And that will attract people from other states and will attract us to stay. I'm a small businessman and I'm saying, I love this state, but why am I in Arkansas? Yeah. I can go to any state around us True. and do the same amount of business and be more profitable than staying in Arkansas. I happen to have been born here and love mm-hmm. it. But the only reason I'm here is because I have family here, but I uh, I would like to say that Arkansas is business friendly mm-hmm. and I'm here because I'm, I'm profitable here. But right now our government costs, you know, anywhere from five to 10 percent more than any state that touches us. So I've never seen the budget in the state of Arkansas go down. Right. And with the Republican establishment we've got now, I believe it's going up higher than it was with the Democrats that we had before <laughs> us. You, just tell me if I'm wrong. But uh But, hey, let's keep a positive attitude. Uh, Let's work with the task force and hold them accountable. And maybe someday the atmosphere will change. And maybe a bunch of people can run for office that are complaining. Mm -hmm. And maybe we could get some conservative people elective that thinks less is more. To me, you you only have two things. Less is more or more is more. Mm -hmm. More government (laughs) means more businesses. And more jobs or less government means more business and more jobs. So there's, that's only two positions for me. <laughs> okay,
2: when we come back, I want to talk about this whole thing about the pharmacists and where, where AFP is standing on, on this, and maybe you can help us understand it a, a little bit more, uh, Ryan. Hey, uh, I want to talk to R.D. for just a moment about Sunny's and what they do. How many different salvage yards are you hooked up to by computer? thousands, tens of thousands. Really? Yes. Tens of
4: thousands. Yeah. There's more recyclers in the United States than than you would, than you would believe. So. Okay.
2: And if you, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I need a, I don't know, a rear differential for some specific uh, card or whatever, uh, you will uh, go out and find it. If you don't have it, do you still cover it with the same kinds of warranties and stuff, even though it comes from a different place. Yes. As long as you buy from Sonny's auto
4: salvage, it doesn't make any difference. We get it from one of our warehouses in New Mexico or one of our warehouses in in uh, North Carolina. Uh, we we have connections. We pull in from all these warehouses and we offer the same warranty. You still buy it from Sonny's auto salvage. You still get Sonny's guarantee, the Sonny's w- warranty and the service that we provide. No matter where the part comes from. And
2: then I'd like to t- you to talk a little bit about that auto recyclers have uh, provided this kind of uh, jobs and this type of service. Uh, and you've done that without any of the government funding you or because you've been forced to. You've done it because it's just good business practices. Hey, it's the best thing. It's a free market
4: business. We take wrecked cars, which is a byproduct of society we purchase the wrecked cars we drain the freon out of them and all the fluids and uh, so we're environmentally friendly and then we reuse the parts for the exact job that they were designed for so all we have to do is clean and test them so it's the best thing for the re- re- the uh, environment it's the highest form of recycling because we repurpose it for what it was intended for to start with and these are our original equipment OEM parts that were designed and manufactured by the manufacturer of your car. So they meet all the same specifications as the part on your car does. It wasn't made in China. So we offer OEM parts at at half the price, and and we give unlimited mileage warranty for one, two, or three years.
2: Yeah, it's amazing uh, as far as the the parts and labor, but unlimited mileage is what's amazing uh, in the warranty, to be honest. All right. So the number over at Sonny's is 982-7451, 982-7451. If you need a uh, part from a, uh, you know, a total loss vehicle, they can supply it to you, save you a lot of money and give you a great warranty and unlimited mileage with it at 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right, back, uh, PI Roofing. Don't forget that they now are not just PI Roofing. They don't just you know, repair your roof. Although, you know, if you want your roof repair, it's the best place to go. They now are also home solutions, which means if there's been any damage to the inside of your house because of a leak in your roof and it's uh, messed up your uh, insulation, you've got some drywall that's showing uh, water wear, you got, you know, stains on your ceiling, you've got water coming out at your baseboard they can take care of all the damages as well. They now have a crew uh, that has been hired uh, by Joel Johnson, the proprietor of PI Roofing, that can uh, do all the interior painting that you need done, the drywall repair, exterior painting if it's necessary, carpentry work, insulation, all of that can be taken care of by the professionals at PI Roofing. So over the next couple of days when we're going to get another Five inches of rain. Uh, if you find that you have a leak, and by the time you find it, you know you're seeing the water in your house, know that you're going to have some uh, repairs that have to be made. It can all be taken care of by PI Roofing. All you have to do is get a hold of them. Uh, if there's water coming in, they'll come out and tarp up your roof, stop the water from coming in, and then get you set up so you can get your roof uh, completely repaired. Just talk to the folks with the Uh, Joel Johnson at PI Roofing and Home Solutions uh, 501. And uh, the rest of that number is 687-6246, piroofing.com on the internet. I've had my roof repaired by them and had some other leaks repaired by them. They do a fantastic job. That's PI Roofing. So let's get back here with uh, Ryan Norris as we fix finish up this time that we have with him uh ryan what can people do with afp i mean what are you hoping people listening to this show will do
8: well here's what we need if we are going to move the needle towards liberty we have to have organized activists that are willing to put in the time and the effort to to actually move that needle we need to have uh Effective activist, and we can help with that because we can provide training in activism. We have a grassroots leadership academy that we can bring in and teach you even all the way up to running your own issue campaign. Br- bring Matt back. Huh? Bring Matt back. We have insights to action that will educate you about, you know, philosophical topics like free uh, free markets or school choice or uh, all kinds of, other, even criminal justice reform. We have topics like that that we can cover but what where we win is when we get a critical mass of individuals pointed and guided in the right direction, all in agreement and in unity on these policy issues. I think we have folks across the state who all agree that we need to move the the direction of where things are going at our capital and with our policy. But as long as we stay isolated and as long as we stay as independent individuals. We're not going to have the critical mass to be taken seriously. AFP can help organize. AFP can help manage and lead everyone who has policy alignments with us, both elected officials and and in activists. We're we're here to be a, a resource. So you can reach us at, at Arkansas AFP on Facebook or give us a call at 501-244-9675, and we'd be happy to plug you in. Website is what? uh org. okay you can find everything there
2: ryan norris he's one of the good guys he's the chairman of afp here in arkansas he will be an ongoing guest on this show keeping us up to date on what's happening so elizabeth and rd and of course paul will be back in the next hour along with another special guest and that is state representative dan sullivan he'll be around with us as we come back from Fox News.
1: Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens, In my law firm, the Juris Law Group, specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a a married veteran you can receive as much as $25,000 per year and we offer a no risk consultation so call us today and get the benefits you've earned we have a proven track record and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at juristlawgroup j u r i s t com. call us at 501 or google me Kimbro stevens and we look forward to hearing from you
2: back for the uh, four o'clock hour don't forget coming up after uh, five o'clock uh we are going to of course be uh welcoming the bible guys here into the studio we'll have two hours for you, or two hours one hour where you call in and uh and talk with them and ask any questions that you might want to get an answer to Joining us here in the studio, someone that's not joined me on my show before and the state representative, Dan Sullivan. It's good to have him in uh, the studio. Dan, you've been working behind the scenes kind of on a lot of different issues and you're ready to start talking about them now.
9: Absolutely. You know, I'm, I've actually been talking about them in Northeast Arkansas. I've just recently been on the answer, the Paul Harrell radio okay. program It comes on from Six to eight, and I've been on Paul's show several times. So okay, well, good. Probably just introduced to your early morning audience. <laughs>
2: All right, so let's say hello to you in the afternoons here on Afternoon Drive. Everybody's getting off of work,
9: so they're tuned in and they want to hear what you have to say. What's going on? Well, you know, I think you and I talked last week um, about a letter that I submitted to the Speaker of the House. You know, you covered it on your station. I listen yep. when I'm down here in Little Rock. I listen to you and. I know you covered the letter that legislators received that asked us not to bring up anything outside the scope of fiscal issues. Yes, And, uh, you know, I'm going to take a quote from the governor, a recent quote from the governor of Idaho that said that just was not in my DNA to accept that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if you come to me privately and say, Dan, you know, we'd like you to do this and that or whatever they, they say requests that they may make, uh, then I will respond to you politely and uh, privately. but so when you make a public statement like this was and say, make, you know, ask us and puts a little bit of pressure on legislators not to, uh, or to follow that request. And I'll just read that. My response. Yeah, not mind. Sure. It says this letter is in response to your request and just the speaker's request for legislators to waive the Arkansas constitutional provisions allowing representatives seeking considerations of non-vegetary legislation to be presented if two-thirds of the members of each House of the General Assembly approve said consideration. The request circumvents representatives' constitutional rights is an infringement upon our duties and responsibilities and establishes an untenable precedent for future fiscal sessions. Since your letter was simply a request, we, the undersigned, decline the request and prefer to proceed in c- accordance with our Arkansas state constitutional rights, as asserted in Article 5, Section 5C2, which states, and I go on to quote that.
2: Now you already got yourself in, in trouble because you're you're quoting the Constitution. <laughs> they
9: don't,
3: Constitution is my Yeah, they don't pay attention to the Constitution. <laughs> what, you know, what, who do you yeah. think you are, not being an attorney and and t- talking about the Constitution? <laughs>
9: <laughs> well... I guess I stayed in the Holiday Inn. I oh, God. That's what
2: it was. It okay. was a Holiday Inn Express. You learn yeah. how to read when <laughs> you were a child. Well, huh? you know,
9: I actually discussed this with the speaker, and the speaker uh, would certainly have allowed me to stand up and make a motion if I needed to. Uh, and it wasn't about that. It was about the public statement that we were going to uh, sidestep, as I said there, circumvent our Constitution. And, again, it's not in my DNA when you come to me publicly, I'm going to respond publicly. And we had the signatures of 10 or 15 other legislators, uh, House members, who felt the same way. So I really appreciated the support uh, and look forward going on. I think one of the things that we're trying to do, not just through that letter, but in this fiscal session, is to limit debate on a very important issue. You know, I think I just saw today, and I know you and I were talking before we went on air about what the president is trying to do to allow more flexibility, more creativity. And as I was uh, waiting to come on today, I read an article about the governor of Idaho saying it's not in the DNA of the people of Idaho to accept a federal solution. Well, I've got to have some relatives in Idaho, not just Cork County, Ireland, but I must also have some Sullivans up there in Idaho somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because it's not in my DNA for us not to discuss creative solutions to this, to the, you know, And you've heard at the House and and the Senate um, that when you bring these issues up, because I have a bill, a resolution filed along with Josh Miller. Josh has filed the bill that would end enrollment in Arkansas Works, not cap it, not slow it down, but end Arkansas Works uh, program, end enrollment in that. That's an incredibly important physical issue for us to discuss. Yet we're not going to debate that. We can't get many people, you know, the governor and the speaker ask that you have 67 people sign on to that before they'll consider it. Um, that limits debate. Yeah. And I'm not favorable to that. Yet apparently the legislators in Idaho aren't either because they've instructed the insurance department, the governor and the and the uh, lieutenant governor, instructed the insurance department to come up with creative solutions to bring to lower cost 50, 30 to 50%.
2: Wouldn't, wouldn't Alan Clark, though, like to be given that type of a task from what I know of Alan in the past?
9: You know, I, yes, I've been on some committees with Alan. Uh, and, you know, I think there are a lot of legislators who'd love to have that debate. But, um, and you'll have to talk to each one of them as to why they don't want to have that debate because there's a whole raft of issues whether it's from you know that that ship has sailed mm-hmm. uh, which is uh unbelievable L- ludicrous. <laughs> is ludicrous you know the the ship didn't sail up in idaho no the ship didn't sail in kentucky and you know the we are waiting on waivers to try to work around a solution to the arkansas works issue well this is an obamacare and we're trying to let the ship sail on Obamacare. Why in the world would we ever let that ship sail?
2: So when Mm -hmm. you talk about uh, this, about moving people off of basically uh, Arkansas Works and move them over basically to Obamacare uh, and Medicaid expansion, the governor's office's answer to that is it costs more if we do it that way than if we keep them on Arkansas Works. Do you buy that?
9: I buy there are creative ways. Apparently there are others that would disagree with that other states that would disagree with mm-hmm. that. I think Senator King has come up with some numbers also that would be of value to debate. So why we talk about, we only want to talk about fiscal issues. There's no bigger physical issue that Arkansas works.
2: So how much money is flowing in from hospitals and healthcare providers and, and all the rest of them uh, that, I guess convinces legislators perhaps not to even want to look at things that you're talking about. Well, I don't know what
9: the number is. I know I've got an opponent in my race up there, a primary opponent who's raised a whole bunch of money and it's all from the medical community. Um, But you know, that's that's another issue we can talk about another day. I mean, you know, they're
2: out there trying to keep the status quo and they don't even want to talk about anything. Right.
9: You know, there were 73,000 recipients of Arkansas Works who were found to be ineligible. 73,000 times $578 a month, 40-plus million dollars for people. So even if you agreed with Arkansas Works, these were people who lived in other states. These were people who, when we went to their mailbox, they nobody lived there. These were people on Medicare who should have been on, or on Medicaid that should have been on Medicare, mm-hmm. and we have been paying the insurance companies five hundred and seventy dollars a month to do that. You know, I would be very willing to have a debate on how we can just address that population. Maybe we can get the insurance companies to to say, well, look, guys, we know we had of that seventy three thousand fifty thousand never even received a service, and we pay you paid us five hundred and seventy eight. We'll rebate to the state of Arkansas all those people that you paid us for, who never received a service. that would be a good starting point for a debate, but we can't even go into those issues because that ship has already sailed and it's time to call that back and have the debate
2: i I totally agree with you. I think that drives me crazy is if you, you got forty million dollars uh, you opened the door and just shoveled it out the door, and you don't know you know what it was used for. If I got money from the government that I wasn't entitled to and I didn't report it to them, they'd come back and take it from me. And if it took them from now until the day they throw dirt in my face to get it, that's exactly what they would do.
9: Absolutely, and rightly so. I mean, if we are overpaid or, or have uh, fraud, been fraudulent in accessing, accessing services, that's taxpayer money. And we expect our inspector general and Medicaid and others to go do that. You know, President Trump has said, it's one of the things he, uh, the slogans that he won on, is put Americans first, America first. You heard that over and over. Surprised I don't see that sign up in here. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's time we put our Kansansans first, put yeah, our a- people absolutely. first. And if, you know, if we had our, uh, the people that negotiate contracts for our state, And we've had a bunch of problems with that. But if we ever negotiated a contract with our state under the same terms that we've negotiated Arkansas Works, (laughs) we'd be firing the people in that department. (laughs) Uh, We would never allow that. Can you imagine? How
3: do you get a worse deal?
9: (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine a citizen of Arkansas going to their local car dealer and saying, I'd like to buy that vehicle. I'm going to drive it off, and I'll send the paperwork in later. That would never happen. Or you go to buy a home. And you say, well, I haven't qualified for the loan, but I've got my truck here and I'd like to unload my furniture in and take possession of the house. A realtor would never let that happen. Try going to your local physician and walk into that physician and say, I'll give you my insurance card on the way out. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if I can't pay the premium, I'd like for you to waive it. Those are all viable, real conditions under Arkansas Works, but they're not. Are the regu- for, for a regular Arkansan. You may have the same uh, policy with the same company, but you're treated differently as an Arkansan than you are if you're on Arkansas Works. This contract does not work for the regular Arkansan, and it's time to change that, at least have the debate. And that's essentially what the governor in Idaho has done. He said there are creative ways to lower the cost, and we're going to do everything we can to see what we can do to lower that cost and change the game for our Kansans because people in Arkansas are paying that tax.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I think Alan Kerr would love you guys to say be creative because he's been creative. He's been yes. keeping, you know, the policies for, for health insurance down, where at least lower than most other states that have just let uh, the insurance companies have their way with sure. the people. She's sure, done I, a good job, and I
4: would well, completely I agree. Well, I don't agree. Mine's up seventy four percent at my <laughs> at my place, so I I can't say I agree with you. There's been a few years. There's been a few years where it's been lower, but just because it was fifteen percent this year, don't mean it wasn't. 40 percent three years ago well, it, so there has been years where i remember three left. years ago
2: alan kerr was an insurance oh, well, that's exactly right <laughs> so it was pretty bad before he got well, you, there you better believe and, and it, is, it was is, is, and is, there, the
9: dynamic was that the new dynamic in there is obamacare and when obamacare no entered the market uh insurance companies were not allowed <clears> to have lower cost plans that offer. you know obamacare required things to be in the insurance that you may not need or didn't need, but you still had to pay for. And what the governor in Idaho said was, we're going to offer lower-cost plans. It's the same thing President Trump said.
2: That's exactly right. He allowed
9: HHS to come up and allow lower-cost plans. Well, what happens when those lower-cost plans are now part of the market? Competition starts, free markets start, prices go down. Uh, you know the other big issue I think with if uh, if we went to a plan like this with seventy three thousand people that should never have been on Arkansas works on those rolls, Arkansas Medicaid was responsible for vetting those people, not the insurance company. Under uh, the exchange model, the insurance company deals directly with the patient, so we're not prepaying that plan anymore. That's up to the the uh, the person, the recipient of that insurance policy. It's up to the insurance plan to vet them. So we reduce that seventy three thousand tremendously. And, you know that's, so when we have these conversations about where's the money for our roads, where are the money for the schools, where's the money, guys. That's where the money is. Every bit of our money, extra money, is going to this Medicaid expansion.
2: All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Our guest is uh, State Representative Dan Sullivan here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Safari Pets, eight hundred eight West Main in Cabot. They are the largest independent pet store here in the state. They offer everything you'll need for taking care of your pet or pets, and they look—they've got all of the you know crickets. They got everything you need. The other thing they have that you don't get from a lot of the big box stores is they don't have anybody on the floor. Safari Pets has people on the floor that can answer your questions about, well, what do I do with my bearded lizard? I mean, what should be the temperature inside his terrarium and things of that nature? Uh, You can get all that from the folks at Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. Their phone number is 501-628-0067. Safari-pet.com is their website. Don't forget their big annual anniversary sale coming up on April 14th, Circle, that day because there's lots and lots and lots of ways that they have sales they have discounts you can save money on uh, their annual uh, sale for the anniversary of their uh, company on the 14th of april that's safari pets state representative dan sullivan is in the studio has said very many interesting things if you're watching on facebook live right now Please tell your friends uh, share that we're doing this so that they can tune in. Or if you're listening on the radio, please tell your friends out there to listen to 96.5 FM. The answer: We try as hard as we can uh, to get people on to talk about what's going on in the state legislature, so you can keep up with it. Because if you don't, here, here's what I've always heard: If you don't deal with politics, politics will deal with you. Amen. And they'll get in your life. I'm just telling you, yeah. whether you want to get into
9: politics, if you don't, that's fine. But it's going to get into your life one way or another. You know, we've done a, a fairly good job of educating people. And I know you just had uh, AFP, American for Absolutely. Prosperity, on. And we need people to be motivated now. Yes. We need people to get excited about this when they hear how much money and the direction we're going. I wonder what's in the DNA of Arkansans. You know, I originally was from St. Louis. And I came down to Arkansas State University and played basketball, fell in love with Arkansas. And my DNA is not St. Louis. My DNA (laughs) is is freedom. There you go.
2: I like that a lot.
9: I do, too. And that's why I love the state of Arkansas. And I love that we want to be individuals. You know, my district has a lot of farmers in it. Uh, Also part of Jonesboro, even though Jonesboro is a a smaller city. Uh, And those people just want to be free. They want government out of their business. They want enough government to help them maintain their freedom, but they don't want so much government that they restrict their freedom. Uh, You know, I came across something just came out the other day, and we're kind of jumping backwards a little bit to this other issue of Medicaid, but let me read what the Government Accounting Office, GAO, said about Arkansas Works. This is a quote from the report the GAO did The Wachs. Watchdog agency looked at demonstration grants in Arizona, Arkansas, and Massachusetts and found significant limitations in each, from the lack of information on quality measures to to the failure to discuss rationales and conclusion. A second finding, a review of Arkansas's evaluation of demonstrations using Medicaid funds to purchase private insurance for a select group of Medicaid beneficiaries, that would be Arkansas Works or Obamacare, failed to address the hypothesis that doing so would improve continuity of coverage. The aim was to reduce coverage gaps for beneficiaries who expended or experienced frequent changes in income and Medicaid eligibility. So to put that in uh, Arkansas language, we ain't got any data. <laughs> we can't prove... What we The premise that we passed this on, we cannot prove that premise. However, we have evidence when it says that we can't find uh, the coverage gaps. That's the 73,000 people in one year that kind of slipped through there. I have, and I've talked with the DH, director of DHS, and I know they've done a really good job in getting those 73,000 off. For a while in our previous administration, there was no desire to get them off.
2: No, oh, no. They didn't even want to make sure that the computer program that was supposed to do all of this stuff was up and running.
9: Yeah. Yeah, there was no, and I I'll give this to our current administration. They've been very diligent at reducing those roles, the people that are on there. And they've worked hard, and they've done a great job. Okay, i
2: got to stop you. Sure, go ahead. Got to take a break. Got to get to Fox News. Got to let everybody know what's going on in the world. And we'll come back with State Representative Dan Sullivan. I'll tell you what, you just heard a moment ago of uh, Mike Horton talking about working with folks that need a prosthetic or an orthotic and everything that he tries to do to help that person uh, to get the mobility that uh, they want. And that's what makes Horton's really special is because of the empathy that they have for their patients. It's a family-owned company. You yeah, Gary Horton, who's the patriarch. He started it all. Then his sons joined him. That's Mike and, and Chris. And then he has his daughter as well working with him. And that's, uh, you know, Tanya. And and they do great, great work with the people that they're helping. So whether it's an orthotic or a prosthetic, and ladies, they have a special department for you that have, uh, you know, suffered from breast cancer or you went out and you had a breast removal Uh, to keep from getting breast cancer because you know you're on the high end of risk and they can help you with uh, your self-esteem over at Horton's. They're at 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. Their phone number 501-663-2908. And that's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, in the studio with us uh, today for the rest of this half hour is uh, Representative Dan Sullivan. He is with us from Northeast Arkansas, and we're glad to have him here in the studio. Uh, He's saying a a lot of very interesting things. The best thing I've heard him say thus far is having a discussion about turning Alan Kerr loose in the insurance department and coming up with unique ideas for Arkansans to have lower-priced insurance but have the insurance that they need for them. You know, I don't need maternity care, but if I'm on Obamacare, I'm getting maternity care whether I need it or not because the whole idea of Obamacare is that everybody pays for everything so that a few people can have something in uh, the insurance uh, that they have. There's better ways of doing this. We've been talking about it. there's free market ways of doing all of this stuff. And I, I just wish that, you know,
9: the governor would lead the charge on uh, being free market. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about the best thing I've said, I was hoping you'd say that my DNA was freedom. Well, but I like that really as well.
2: <laughs> I like that as well. But
9: I, I want to
2: I want them to do something beyond the norm. Yes. They're just taking the status quo and just running with it.
4: My favorite thing he said was our road money is being spent on Medicare.
2: Well, that, that's true as yeah. well.
9: Well, you know, we talked, we were kind of ended there talking about Medicaid. the Government Accounting Office and their review. Yeah, and the GAO, yeah. GAO and saying we don't have the data, we don't have the data. And, you know, uh, and just to recap that, our current administration has done a really good job at trying to close those gaps and close those leaks. But, Dave, what we've done is kind of like having a, a house with a leaky roof. And in the current model, we're saying we're going to change that. We're going to bring in bigger buckets, and we're going to hire more people to empty those buckets. But we're not going to close (laughs) the door. We're not going to essentially build the wall. And really what we have going on, uh, we have people who are essentially illegal immigrants into our Arkansas Works program. And we have our insurance companies who are sanctuary cities. (laughs) We're bringing those people in. They're being protected, and we're paying for them, and it's costing the Arkansan money while they hold up in those sanctuary insurance places. And that we have very little recourse. We kick them out, but they flow back in because we haven't built the wall. And we need to build a wall to prevent that. One of the ways to build a wall is to end the program, go to the exchange, and allow our insurance commissioner to find creative ways to lower that which puts the insurance company the one responsible for vetting people before they get in there. Um, you know just can I, I want to change topics just a little yeah, bit and vet that. You know, when you look at, again at that GAO report, they talk about the lack of data. And you know, what our administration, current administration is doing is asking us to, to have confidence that we're gonna lower those people that shouldn't be on there. You know, a few months ago, are you familiar with what the behavioral health changes are going on? We're entering into managed care? Okay. Well, do you know that uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, UAMS, uh, St. Bernard's in Jonesboro, Washington General in Northwest Arkansas, and DHS had several meetings privately and secretly about designing that program? We found out about that and asked them to come forward and testify in JPR, Joint Performance Review. And when they did, they opened it up to everybody. Now, I'm a supporter of that managed care model. I I support the bill. I think it's a great idea to to maintain cost and and cover that. And it also offers uh, great opportunities for creative ways of managing the services. So there's a lot of good things there. But we are last i heard which was about a week ago this is supposed to kick off january or july 1 and we are 10,000 people behind doing independent assessments to see where we place those kids now these are people that are in the behavioral health system now they need we we gave a contract to a company called Optum 20 million dollars plus to do a uh, independent assessment of these kids or people in the program, Optum said, "Don't worry about it. We'll go find them. We'll make appointments with them. We'll talk to them. We'll take care of locating because the ca- the savings is in care management." Well, Optum finds out they can't do that. It's not working well. People aren't showing up. They're not coming in for their assessment. So now we are. They're asking providers of behavioral health and developmental services, they're asking them, DHS is asking them to embed people in their programs so we can catch up. So when one says that there is care management is the savings, but then we're pushing that responsibility off to providers and they don't get paid for it. There's no money in a farm, so they're losing money. And there's actually a gun to their head because if they don't go do it, They'll go out of business. They won't find those kids and people who need that service. And guess who those kids are? They're the very same ones that are in your schools, that are creating problems every day, and have true mental health disorders. Those are those kids that we're not going to assess. Are not getting assessed.
2: They're like your crews down in Florida.
9: Yes, and you know I was uh, I have some experience there. You know, I, and I was a teacher for thirty years. I think thirty years close to it. Uh, some of that in the Jonesboro system, and they started a countywide wide uh, alternative school. And I was the first principal of that alternative school called Success School, where we brought kids with behavior problems in from all eight districts in Craighead County. I worked there for a year and helped start that program. And it's a great program, but I know who those kids are. I know what they look like. I know what their problems are. I know they have a lot of true needs. And we are making it very difficult, much more difficult uh, than it probably needs to be to make sure we're assessing those kids privately. And, you know, we hired for $20 million, we hired this company to do independent assessments. But guess what? Every one of those kids was seen by an independent doctor in your community who knows the patient uh, through their health home. So you've got a doctor looking at that patient who assesses them who knows them and knows their history knows the family knows their brothers and sisters. And we have, uh, you had to prior authorize that through Arkansas DHS. And now we've hired another company for $20 million to do an independent assessment. And rather than that money go into care and taking care of those kids, it's going to to do a third tier of independent assessment.
4: I've got a question. Also, in this negotiation that you were talking about, you had the the hospitals and you had the insurance companies. I assume it was Blue Cross and Blue Shield was in those behind the door meetings when they opened it up. It was specifically Blue Cross oh, and Blue, Blue Shield. Okay, yeah. all right. I made that assumption that it was Blue Cross and Blue Shield. You
2: be, now listen, you gotta be question. You know, uh, careful okay. I, it, I, I, was I was being careful. I was <laughs> being careful
4: there. So I just asked that question. You know, it's a pretty safe assumption when they're the, about the only player in the state. But listen. We have DHS, which is paid for by the taxpayers of Arkansas. Plus, we know they get federal funding also. And you have doctors and you have hospitals and you have the taxpayers in the state of Arkansas. Now, if you go to traditional Medicaid and the way it started out traditionally, if you take DHS, the hospitals, and and the doctors, and you take Blue Cross and Blue Shield out of it, which it makes their 20% out of it, and now you have less people at the table, you have DHS, they have the taxpayers, and you have the people providing care. If you have the people providing care, and you have the taxpayers, and the people that need care, and you already have the doctors that know them in the hospitals, Dan, can you tell me why do we need Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and why do we need the third-party company that we paid $20 million?
9: Well, you know, I'm, all, I'm in the corner of insurance companies. I have insurance. I've used it multiple times. Uh, and they've been good for me and I think good for our state. So I'm not here to argue against the value of our insurance companies. What I'm arguing for is the, the credibility that we have in using the taxpayer money well. I was in the small town of uh, Lake City, Arkansas last night for a city council meeting. Can I stop you?
2: Sure. Where, where's Lake City at?
9: Oh, it is uh, in my district in just north east of Jonesboro, about okay. 10 miles. All right. Yeah. Okay. I can Close of, to the lake, Dave. I can kind of see that in my mind right now. Yeah, it's a small, small town there, but that city council is the backbone, and those city councilors are the backbone of what happens in our communities. They were had a 30-minute discussion last night on how they're going to afford a new garbage truck. And they had they vetted every dollar in their budget because they know the person they know their local people, and they know those people in lake city those are those are our small town folks, those are working everyday job people thirty you know fifteen thousand to thirty thousand dollar people they know every dollar that those people in that community pay in taxes is important, and they spent thirty minutes talking about that. Yet we are spending billions of dollars and, and we're not going letting to have a over it. Absolutely. And it just doesn't, and we're requested not to bring up issues like that. And I sure hope, and you know, there's a reason that exception is in our Constitution. An exception that is never used is not an exception. Mm-hmm. It's only exceptions. It's only an exception when somebody says, this is important and we want to do it. That's why we have, it, we have the two-thirds threshold. That's how we determine what those important issues are. Uh, and again, I, I, uh, I, I enjoy going to our small towns and work with the, with those folks. But let me let me jump back here just a minute. You know, on this manage
2: right, before you jump back, I got to take one last <laughs> okay, break. Go ahead. We'll be back with uh, State Representative Dan Sullivan here on the Dave Ellswick Show and Elizabeth and R D and Paul. Is here. Paul's been quiet this hour. Uh, we'll see if he's got a question when we come back. On the Dave Ellswick Show, ninety six five FM, the answer. We continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're down to the last few moments with State Representative uh, Dan Sullivan. Dan, you'll come on the show more more often now, won't you? In the
9: uh, sure will. Absolutely. We'll have you. We'll have <coughs> you on
2: to talk about because you know we're going to have a lot of things to start talking about in the fall. Got the elections, but in the fall is when people start putting together uh, the information and the legislation that they're interested in uh, presenting for 2019 and the general session, which I always cover. I go over and do my show live from the Capitol during the, during that session. Might make it over to this the uh, fiscal session a couple times as it moves along. Right now, it's kind of quiet. We've talked about this earlier that, you know, people are waiting until everybody uh, files and then they find out right. whether you're going to have somebody, you know, primary them and you things see. of that nature so they can decide so, whether well, they want to say something or not. Vote by principle or yeah. vote by politics. All right. So anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll probably do something next week and, and go on over there and, and do some broadcast. But you you had something else that you wanted to bring up, and we've got a few moments left. Let me turn it over yeah, to you. Yeah, just
9: let me wrap it up, then if you all yeah. have any questions. But the wrap-up is the goal of many um, of some is to get all the money in the government's pocket. But when you look at the Managed Care and Blue Cross Blue Shield, and other, in, they're the one that was there, uh, and UAMS and the governor's office, uh, you look at that model, who was there. You look at the PBM uh, model and who the people, the big players are there. You look at the Arkansas Works and who the big players are there. You see the very same group of people in those groups. And the goal is to get the money into the government's hands and then you, as a provider, are, you become the distributor of the money. That's what's happening in the PBM issue.
3: And you skim a little cream off the top at the same time.
9: Well, and you know, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, that's the private market, and that's a good thing, but it's not competitive.
3: Except that it's coming with government crony capitalism.
9: Yeah, and, and we've seen that, and the PBMs and our pharmacists have done a really great job of framing that, just saying, we want a level playing field well, let's get a level playing field also in the managed care model. And I met with folks today, and I think they're moving that way. I'm I'm very pleased with the progress we're making there. But let's do the same thing in Arkansas Works. Let's have that discussion to level that playing field, give more options and more opportunities to people to lower the cost. So Dave, y'all or any of the folks here have any questions, I'd be glad to uh, respond to anything or answer any, but it's, really been a pleasure to be on the show today, and I look forward to coming again sometime. i oh, not want to right. wrap it up. But, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. As,
2: as much, as often as you can, if you think there's information that my audience can uh, gain insight from, you make yourself available. We'll put you on the air.
9: Great. I appreciate that. And, again, I think we've done a good job of in, informing our audiences, and our people need to, one, go out and vote in these primaries. Oh, this, yeah. This is going to be a primary that determines the future of the Republican party, because we have people who have changed parties, gone from Democrats to Republicans. Um, if the Democrats start winning, maybe they'll go back. But (laughs) we need people right now to step up and help, uh, encourage those that are running and get the vote out wherever they are.
4: That's exactly right. We need to promote debate and ideas. Instead of it seems like the atmosphere at the Capitol in different places, as we've talked about on the show today, is hey we need creative ideas as you said, and I appreciate you saying that, and we need uh, to create an atmosphere. Earlier, the the gentleman from uh, AFP said we need to uh, create an atmosphere in Arkansas to promote business. We need to create an atmosphere in Arkansas to promote ideas of savings and and making things more efficient, but uh, we can't do that unless everybody in the community gets involved and say we want to have a voice because if you don't your voice is going to be squashed out and i think the,
9: the governor of idaho said it and i'll try to credit him or give him the asterisks. it's got to be in your dna hmm. freedom so, has to be in your dna and if it is we'll get going all right we'll turn it
2: over to paul you got the so, last question paul so
9: we've heard some about
3: Subsidized health care for those who are kind of lower income. What about those of us kind of middle income who are actually paying for our own insurance? Is there any hope that maybe we'll get some something closer to a free market where we can actually buy the type of plans we want? Is there any hope for that in Arkansas anytime Ab- soon? Absolutely.
9: Otherwise I wouldn't be running for re election. <laughs> I would give up and walk away. But again, we a competitive market is what we need and we need the first thing we have to have is open debate. We need to have it soon because it's the certainly the biggest issue facing our state right now.
2: All right. State Representative uh, Dan Sullivan, power panel, thanks for coming in. Yes, sir. Paul, Good RD, time. Elizabeth, thank each one for coming in and giving your time. I won't have to cut your uh, salary this week, <sighs> Okay. you oh, know, yeah. as far as that. Since it's free we're revenue neutral <laughs> you sure are all right we'll come back in just a moment the bible guy is going to be here if you've got a question you can't call it's bible guys at salemlr.com
1: Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens, In my law firm, the Juris Law Group, specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation, so call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250, or look us up online at juristlawgroupjurist.org lawgroup.com call us at 501 or google me Kimbro stevens and we look forward to hearing from you
2: all right the bible guys are here we got uh, dr scott stewart here the pastor of agape he is here in the studio as is steve hess and they're ready to take on any question that you might have for them today uh whether you're a believer uh you're a humanist whatever Because, see, if you're not a believer, you're a humanist, Mm -hmm. all right? Everything will begin and end with man. So uh, everything begins and ends with God with us. That's right. All right. Uh, I I had a really uh, interesting experience at CPAC uh, with, what was the name of the group? I got the card. I was showing it to you guys because we're going to try to have them on here in a couple of weeks. The Coalition for Jewish Values, Rabbi, uh, I think it's uh, Yaakov. Minkin, uh is the man, the managing director. and We're going to try to have him on in a couple of weeks. He was really interested in joining us. So great! He heard that we've been doing Hebrew root stuff. Sweet.
10: Look forward to seeing him.
2: It was funny because I said Judeo Christian to him, and his eyes just kind of lit up <laughs> when, I, when I when I said that. He he was excited about that. So I had a little talk with Scott. He's been working hard. He said he felt like he was juggling. I'm juggling a lot of things right you now. you like the guy on Ed Sullivan that spun the plates? Is that well kind of how you feel?
10: Yeah, I guess so. I've, I haven't ever seen that, on, but I, I've i heard about Do it. Do you even yeah.
2: remember Ed Sullivan? Oh, no. I think it was on TV land once. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I've heard yeah. of, uh, about Ed
7: Sullivan. Okay, Sullivan. You've,
10: you've, I've heard of him. <laughs> Man,
2: I'm just terrible about dating
7: myself. I think it was uh, <laughs> I in, tell the, you. in the course I took on the history and media or something like that. Yeah, I, they showed and, it, huh? Yeah. All right. So anyway.
5: One well, with a picture of Dave.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one, what you said, Ed Sullivan show in the dictionary has got my picture in it. <laughs> so anyway, the guy would, had six sticks. All right. Yeah. And they put plates on top and stuff. Oh, she so has like a them. circus act. Type yeah, thing. yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and he'd keep them all spinning at the same time. That's tough. Course, yeah. And then he had all the the gags in it and all of that fall down as he's trying to get to the last one and well, i'm just and working on spinning the plays i'm not uh, <laughs> doing any of the gags <laughs> what have you been up to steve nothing nothing that's, i don't believe what? that for <laughs> it right. or yeah. yeah.
7: that's uh yeah i'm very similar always um burning the candles at both ends, running ragged always
2: well i know that both of you are working so hard on the school mm-hmm. we are yeah. how, how are things going as far as that's concerned when can people get ready to the tear loose on the internet well, we
10: What a great t- time to have yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: we were just having a little meeting uh, we we're planning
10: on um starting a registration on um the first week of um uh, April Wow yep, so they can start registering then and then uh, we'll have about a a month's registration and the school will start in may
2: very cool yeah
10: so we're 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 working quite um quite diligently to get all this uh set and ready to go so it's I tell you what aesthetically. Graphically, uh, I tell you what our the school stands up to just about anybody. We've we have uh, we've been online with most of the um, Ivy League schools, have played from uh, Oxford to uh, Yale to uh, uh, Harvard um, and other universities. And what 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 praise God we've been able to do with the IT people that we have. It is it not only is on par, but it's actually superior to what they're producing.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, sh- it should be very good. if mm-hmm. so you're if you're doing it uh, in the way Harvard would do it. It's going to look great, but, but it'd be true.
10: Actually, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But you would be surprised. I mean,
2: honestly, like Yale. It, we were looking at
10: this one Yale, this one uh, uh, online classroom Yale, and it's basically it's a professor uh, sitting on his desk, uh, in Indian style, cross-legged, uh, with his black and white converse, right. uh, blue jeans on, talking about the philosophy of um, of death or life yeah. or something, and and uh, Oxford has a a lady with a, a a board that has paper on it a massive and it's one of the old um um the overhead projector kind of overhead things. projectors you'll so walk in front of it and cast a big shadow on oh it Oh my god! I, I mean it's it's like it's basically a camera in the back of their classroom that they turn and on that's it and people watch it and so that was
7: part of the reason that we've been you know seems like it's taken a little bit to get it going because we really wanted to to be a, a great presentation we know the information is, is golden and and we were just really kind of wanting to make sure, and then Scott starts showing me all this other stuff that he's researched. So I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, this is
2: now it can well, be really cool." Yeah,
7: yeah. So, um, first week of
10: uh, April, we'll start uh, taking uh, registration, and then hopefully um, uh, we'll set a date. Uh, it's gonna be a date in May. We'll start May uh, May fifteenth, something like that, and we'll begin the um, the actual classes. So, if
2: you let me know. I'll be talking about. righty. I think well, people really, really need to know about this.
10: It's it's it should. It should um it should do the trick. It should be a good yeah. good for everybody.
2: Now are you two the two teachers or do you have more than just you two?
10: Oh more than us. Yep. Yeah. Oh is there? I didn't know yeah.
2: if you guys were gonna do that. Yeah, yeah.
10: we have uh, we have several PhDs that are con- will be contributing. Uh not everybody's been starting to do their classes yet, but we have several contributing PhDs that'll be involved as well as uh other really good um ministers. Are uh, they like here Steve. just
2: from this uh- <laughs>
7: Yeah. did you say unlike steve i said just oh, yeah uh, that's what I thought, <laughs> I, well, I, i'm steve. sorry
10: i i, I said some, some some other very good teachers
2: like steve that's oh, what okay. i meant did okay. i say that you did you said unlike
10: steve oh, did i say unlike
7: steve <laughs> yeah i was like that's that's that, that kind was of hurt, hilarious that hurt my one feeling that <laughs> Your one, that one feeling i had that. it hurt it you. so just, that was that a way. good
2: one okay so uh these these outside teachers are mm-hmm. they from here in the arkansas area or are they from other states or other countries, even
10: uh, yeah. Well, uh, we'll have adjunct professors, so we'll have local people that will be coming from different parts of Arkansas, not just in Little Rock. But then we'll have some adjunct professors that, uh, at least we're working on that now, and they'll they'll come from other states uh, and, and and contribute uh, as well. So it should be. Wow. We're, we're we're searching out the, the the best quality people that we can get, not just people who have understanding of the the Hebraic nature of the text and the Judeo side of the Judeo Christian faith, but people who are also just holy people, who people yeah. who love God and people who are filled with the Spirit. and So it's not just information, but it's impartation we want people to also get.
2: All right, number 8230965, Eight two three zero nine six five. your opportunity. Call in and talk to th- these two guys and let them uh, answer your questions here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember that Scott Stewart is the pastor of Agape Church, 701 Napa Valley Drive here in Little Rock. The Sunday service time is at 10 a.m. Their website is aclr.org. And on Twitter, you can reach Dr. Scott Stewart at drscottstewart. No dot after dr, at drscottstewart. And uh, you can fire off a question you might have for him. All right, to do that. All right, so uh, J.C. from Saline County is going to be our first caller today. Let's bring them up. And J.C., how are you? Welcome to the Bible Guy segment of the Dave Ellswick Show.
1: Good, thank you. I'm wondering, um, when it comes to healing or the supernatural, where does the sovereignty of God come into play versus, you know, our own actions of faith?
2: Okay, I'm going to let you listen in to their answer and Gentlemen, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. It
10: really is. Thank you very much, JC. Um, right, the sovereignty of God is a is a uh, is a great question, and it's been asked for, you know, probably over a thousand years. Where does the sovereignty of God come into play? And if we define the sovereignty of God as, and I guess it would depend on what someone's definition of the sovereignty of God is. If someone believes the sovereignty of God basically means God can do whatever He wants to do, whenever He wants to do it, um, then that's one thing. Um, if someone believes the sovereignty of God is a limited sovereignty, um, then that obviously becomes a different issue. From my take, um, this is the way I see the sovereignty of God and when it, when it relates to healing and miracles like you are discussing there. Um, someone might say, I prayed for that person, and uh, whether they get healed or not is just up to the sovereignty of God, whatever God is going to do. However, from my standpoint, what I see the Scripture telling us is this, is that God is truly sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he has placed limits on himself. Because sometimes sovereignty to people means, you know, I have no idea what God is going to do. He's just going to do it, and it's going to surprise all of us. But in God's sovereignty, what he did was he limited himself. For example, if I was to ask the question, could God, if he wanted to, could he flood the whole earth again? Well, we know he has the ability to do it. But he made a promise. There you go. So in his own sovereignty, he made a promise, which also limited his own action to the promise he made. So could God sovereignly, as far as his ability, flood the whole earth? Sure. That really isn't the question. The question is, will he do it? No, because he made a promise. So when it comes to things like healing, for example, if he said, you lay hands upon the sick, the sick will recover. Call forth the elders of the church. Let them pray and anoint the person for healing. As he said in the book of Psalms, it says, he says, Lord, he said, um, I will not forget. Um, the Bible says, forget not all of your benefit, who heals all of our diseases, who forgives all of our iniquities. Uh, God establishes his will, and he works within the parameters of his will. So in the parameters of his will, yes, he is sovereign, but he has limited his sovereignty to promises and things he told us in his word that he would and would not do that i think i think i'm kind of making a long answer out of this what, what would you say
7: steve um i mean it's, it's a very difficult question because we are people who are word of faith people we believe in the promises of god we believe that if jesus healed uh, in the first century then he still heals today and so we we confess the promises of god that we confess that by his stripes we are healed we do what book of james says if there's one who is sick bring him before the elders anoint him with oil and pray for him that he might be made well we believe in all of those things but also james also says that um don't even boast about tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring but yet psalm says you know with long life i will sustain you and so it almost seems like we have a dichotomy here about what his promises are and so we remind him of his promises we believe and stand on them but ultimately and i think i said this a week or two ago when we had a similar question um, we, we buried a man at the Sabbath congregation who we prayed for weekly and anointed him weekly. And we if for some reason, you have to step, or at some point, you step back and you, and, you, and one really couldn't say to us that we didn't believe. We did everything according to the commands and the promises of God. And, and there are people that you could bring in here. We could call people and we could put a line out the door that will tell you about the, mir- the miraculous power of God and how they were healed and how they were delivered. But then there are others that we buried. And that's where... You just have to step back and go. I can't answer that. And when we get to the other side, I do understand.
2: I can answer it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, God said, you know, every man that's appointed to die, mm-hmm. we're going to die. I mean, if 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 us just praying over somebody for them to live and to be healed, uh, bottom line is everybody would live forever. That right. ain't going to happen. Right. right.
10: So what you're saying is God has appointed. A day in yeah. which a man dies, it and that day that. comes. Yeah, the Bible says that, and I think that's you know, probably where you where you have to be led by the Spirit. I've talked to some ministers, and they've people have come up and asked to be prayed for, and they felt the Holy Spirit tell them um, not this they, time, not to pray for them. Or um, sometimes God tells people to stop. Remember whenever Samuel was yeah. lamenting for David, I mean mm-hmm. um, uh, Saul, eventually God said, "Stop, stop praying. praying for Saul." Now that would seem contrary to our inclination. We're going to pray for everybody. But God a stop. Sometimes there is that limit of God, and that's where the sovereignty of God would come into play. But also you have things like where some people kind of mix together the will of God and the sovereignty of God. Whatever God wills, right. God is sovereign. But we know the Bible says that God is not willing that anyone perish. That's right. But we have people perishing all day long. Yep. Just because it's God's will doesn't mean it happens. Just because it's God's will to heal people does that mean everybody gets healed just it because it's god's will to save people doesn't mean everybody gets saved
2: but there's a difference between will and sovereignty right and, and that's the confusion god is willing that we all yep. have eternal life but maybe we don't do what we're supposed to do to have
7: eternal and you also have to that's ask right. why you're sick if um being promised being delivered from the curses but if you're the person that's sitting there doing things that are not healthy for your body and you're actually bringing the sickness on yourself because you're not taking care of yourself, that's right. then how can we pray for a, a healing of something that we've actually caused?
10: Or we continue to cause. Or yeah, or yeah. we continue to cause. Just like, like
2: smoking or something or, like that. Right.
10: Or if you're doing drugs or you're abusing right. your house, body with alcohol, if you're sitting outside naked in 30 below zero weather. I mean, yes. things are going to happen. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I've said this before to our, our congregation many times. We believe that God wants to bless people. Uh, financially, the Bible says He wants to meet all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, okay, that's what He wants to do. However, uh, we have seemingly taught people how to believe God uh, to have their needs met, but we haven't taught people how to manage money, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. therefore, people need a financial miracle all the time right. instead of because they they get financially blessed and they can't manage their prosperity, they lose it all and they go back and say, "God, I need another miracle." When God wants to bless you and so that you're able then to manage the blessing that he that he gives you so there, there is a there is a um it's a and very he good question very
7: clearly that if you don't manage it i'm not going to give you anything else oh, that's true yeah
10: and uh, so there's a, a a lot a lot to play in the whole uh, sovereignty issue now that's has been a big debate for many 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 years
2: yeah all right the number is eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five We'll be back with the Bible Guys. Uh, just call right now. Russ will get you set up. Or if you just want to email me, do it to BibleGuys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. Claiming your social security benefits, complicated, confusing, can get worse than just complicated and confusing, can end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars and lost benefits over the time that you get social security. If you don't know what you're doing, you can have increased taxes. You can get higher Medicare premiums. Know that David Lucas hosted the David Lucas show here on News Radio 96.5. The answer hosted 17 educational social security workshops last year. They were all sold out because of his expertise. Well, he's got a new workshop too, in fact, coming up uh, March 29th, March 30th. And if you want to attend one of those events, you must reserve your seat now, or you're going to be left out in the cold. That's not a good thing. Registration just 18 bucks includes a 34 page maximizing social security workbook. So uh, you don't end up losing out on any of your money that you want to get from your social security benefits. 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. If you get got a plumbing problem, don't forget about Aero Plumbing. I had a a gentleman who uh, talked to me at at lunchtime today, showed me a letter that he wrote uh, to Earl at uh, uh, Aero Plumbing about how great uh, they were that he had heard about them on my show. He had a plumbing problem. He called them. They were on time. They kept him up to date on their time was going just the way they thought it would happen. The guy hadn't run into any, you know, major problems on something earlier, and uh, it did really well for him. Uh, he was very, very happy, very happy with the price, and very happy with the service. That's what you can expect from Arrow Plumbing, and all you have to do is go to arrowplumbing.net or aero plumbing under google and uh, you can get all the information about where to call them and uh you know get all the information you need to get your house fixed or your business fixed that's aeroplumbing.net all right we're just about out of time this half hour guys believe it or not we've already went through a half hour uh call now let's get you set up for calls 823-0965 and uh, Russ will get you set up, and then when we come back after we've had our break for Fox News and uh, made some capitalistic money for the radio station, <laughs> then uh, we'll be back uh, to have another half hour with you. We've got a really good question that's already come in. Uh, did you guys say we we're going to talk about Purim, too? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's coming up, and then we'll take the rest of uh, the time to talk about your questions. Eight two three zero nine six five. And that is the number to call. Right now, though, here's what's happening around the world with Fox. Just want to bring to your attention that if we happen to say something that's biblically based and it, quote, offends you, uh, that's probably the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart mm-hmm. and telling you what you believe. You know it deep down inside of you that there's something wrong there. Right. So you need to deal with it. hmm You know, dealing with the truth is never a fun thing. No. Just let you know. Never a fun thing. But I'm not going to apologize because there's one place where truth is to be found, and it's in, you know, Jesus Christ. That's right. He says, I'm the
10: truth and the life. That's right. You're not going to find truth in this world, believe me. I saw something, uh, this is a little off topic, but I saw something uh, yesterday, or was it today? that uh purdue university has decided to ban the word man
2: yeah well yeah we did. talked about oh, that. did you really? on my show yeah i mean come on yeah it's gonna be you gotta be a male carrier now
10: yes and uh, if if they said that they w- they possibly need to change the name of manchester get rid of that woman needs to be called person uh i've I mean, been
7: making that joke for a while that i was waiting it no they such re- thing as it's manhood be, it's yeah. personhood yeah, yeah. it's gonna be fee people and in uh, woe, people, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. That's the the ludicrousy and the lunacy in which we live in. Yes, yeah. it is. It's ridiculous. Well, what does it say in Roman? Yeah.
2: Professing to be wise, they became fools. That's yeah. right, and that's exactly
10: where we're at right that's now. Where we're at yeah. with think, the logic
2: uh, that goes on.
7: I think it, I, this one was, I think, was attributed to Benjamin Franklin. It said something like, um, uh, "Everybody's born ignorant, but you have to work hard to remain stupid." Yeah. Yeah. there's just a an effort of that that's going on in a pretty large order right now of course john
2: wayne said and he's in my studio right now yeah, there he is is that life is hard but when you're stupid it's, <laughs> it's really hard. hard
7: but when you're <laughs> but when you're dumb on purpose that's your fault all right we'll take a break
2: uh and move with the guys now i'll get away from what we were just talking about right but uh you all wanted to talk about purim yeah go See, ahead
7: yeah purim uh is tomorrow evening i believe is the start was when we're having a celebration over at the Kehilat Congre- congregation, uh, celebrating a deliverance of God's people from um, the hand of Haman. Boo. Boo. Um, and uh, we're going to celebrate. Wait, three, why yeah, do we do that, Steve? Yeah, why do we do that? Because they, they read the story of esther during the celebration and every time they say Haman's name everybody in the crowd is to say boo and, no. you, okay. and there's
10: usually there's there's noisemakers right and, uh it's a celebration it's a of
7: god's deliverance of his people um
2: well, he uh, got his neck stretched
7: yeah <laughs> yeah, he yeah he did he did yeah. the on gal-
2: the gallows he built yeah. yes for mordecai asked for, es- for esther's was it her mordecai yeah
10: cousin uncle uncle yeah yeah, there we
7: go. yeah. yep. And so that that is tomorrow night, and it's just a it's a great story. It's not one of those that's um you know where God said you must do it, but the Jews remember it because. And why should we remember it? Because had God not moved upon Esther and moved upon Mordecai and delivered the Jewish people, then the Jewish people would have died uh, in the the uh, land of the Persians and would never we would not have had the Messiah to come forward. So it, it's very important to remember that. Am I right?
2: Did I hear that Esther is the only book in the Bible where God is not mentioned?
10: That's correct. Yeah by name the, by name right.
2: yeah i mean yeah.
7: He, he's there you can tell yes of course he's there yes but
10: not mentioned by name
7: yeah
2: they don't call him by name right yeah, in the book which and, is
7: you can really go preaching on that because what you see is the hand of god moving mm-hmm. through the people of god yes right which and, is what we should be doing representing
2: yeah. so, so what do you guys do during uh, purim i mean do you have like a dinner or something like that well yeah.
10: no well I think people do it different ways because it's not right. it's not a biblically mandated Correct. feast. So yeah. um so it really is up to different uh traditions you, if you have if you have a very uh, you know if you have reformed Judaism or orthodox or ultra orthodox Hasidic they'll have different ways of celebrating the feast. I've been in I've been in Israel uh during the feast of Purim and uh, everybody's dressed up in um in uh costumes. Um I saw I That'd saw cool. uh, yeah. I, I saw the guys from uh what's what's that cartoon uh, the impossibles oh um or, you know what i'm talking about
7: yeah the, uh, the incredibles The incredibles, incredibles.
10: incredibles. Yeah. yeah i mean you you see them in almost everything so like for example at our at our uh, our children um at our, our our academy that we have um they will all be dressed up in um in costumes um during the week celebrating uh they'll be the same way in our children's uh, services um we have a children's service tomorrow night all the kids will be dressed up in different costumes and we each special little hamantaschen cookies yeah yeah, a little triangle shaped um kind of a uh, cookie type things
2: what's in them um
10: jellies, well, yeah different things like that yeah
7: Chilies. jellies jellies oh jellies <laughs> Chilies. A, Chilies. what kid wants to eat <laughs> those cookies yeah those are for the Hamans kids <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's good. a
10: celebration of god's uh deliverance and how he uses his people to uh, do that and how god puts us that one famous quote you know, who knows? Maybe you came into the kingdom for such a time as this, yeah, as as Mordecai good. says that to Esther. And so, it's about you know really figuring out our, what we're supposed to be doing in the kingdom at this time for the sake and the benefit of the Jewish people. But she and so, really
2: put her life on the line. She, she did because she, she walked in on the king, and if you weren't called, yep. they put you to death immediately. Right. Now she had a predecessor, Vashti, and she had you know
10: she went through oh, her, yeah. her bit. So. So yeah, she really put her life on the line, and uh, Mordecai was there um, supporting her, and uh, and they saw the uh, the Jewish people set free and delivered. And so, and, and listen, if you're listening out there, you know right now, anti-Semitism is on the rise, and if, right. we, if we need yeah, another right. Purim, we need it now, mm-hmm. and that is that we need believers to rise up and be Esther's and Mordecai's on the, on the behalf of the Jewish people. The word Purim actually means lots, so they would cast lots, so the word Purim, that's what that means. Yep. So, um, but you're going to have a meal, you say?
7: Yeah, they... We what we've always done at the, at uh, is um, we do a, a shortened reading. We don't read the entire Book of Esther, but we do a, a short version of that. And then we always have food and cookies and you know the hamantash and and then there's always a you know um, a costume party and they also a for the kids you know they, we get prizes for the for the costumes and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a it's a big party.
2: Any any historical record of what happened to Vashti? I mean, she did she wasn't put to death. She just was taken out of her, out of the kingdom. You know, that's, that's,
10: that's a good question. Yeah, I don't, don't think I have the an answer I don't to that. It.
2: So you got to give her credit that she stood up to Xerxes mm-hmm. and just said, you know, I'm not getting naked in front of your buddies. So you can say, see how good looking my wife is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what he was really doing. Yeah. He was drinking show, all the time. Yeah, he was going
10: to show her off in that way. And, um, and that was a different world back then, but yeah. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. For sure. For sure. I <laughs> no doubt
2: about that. I like, uh, that it was Xerxes because Xerxes was uh, the bad guy in the movie Three Hundred,
7: right? <laughs> or
2: oh, was it really? I yeah. didn't. see I didn't see. Yeah, it. he was the yeah. king when he took oh. on and fell at Thermopylae.
10: All right. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sure that uh, I'm sure Esther uh, saw her her husband come around and find faith and in, in Yahweh eventually.
2: Yeah. All right. So eight two three zero nine six five is the number to call to talk to us. Uh, let's go back and we've got a question, and evidently it's a really good one. Yeah, it is.
7: This is from uh, Angel uh, uh, Pixie's husband. And so he says, I know Jesus was citing a Psalms when he said, why have you forsaken me? He goes, but what does that mean? For for him to be saying it, um, I mean, what's the meaning and the significance of that Psalm being said in that moment? Because some people look at that and have trouble believing he is the Messiah because they say he's crying out, surprised that he's not being rescued. Uh, which I know um, the the plan was for him to be crucified, but his prayer in the garden said so, so what does it mean uh, and what was it said for at that moment? Um, the reason this is a great question is I think we talked a few weeks ago about how the plan of salvation was not openly laid out, it was hidden and woven throughout the stories um, of the old testament of the old testament yes it was, and if you remember, Jesus only declared really openly to the, to the Samaritan woman when he said, you know, when she said, I hear that the Messiah is going to be coming. He says, the one who is sitting here is he. And if you remember the rest of the times, he didn't openly declare no. that he was the Messiah until it came to the point where everything had been laid in motion and it wasn't going to be changed. And at that point, he began to say to his disciples, look, I'm about to be handed over to the Gentiles and they are going to crucify me, but in three days I'm going to rise. And he, so he tells the plan. And at that moment, when he begin, when he's there, uh, he's crying out and quoting Psalms 22, the messianic psalm, the psalm that describes everything that was going to happen to the Messiah. Goes into, well, We read about how they cast lots for Jesus's closing. That happened. That's recorded in Psalms 22 did, for us.
10: Did uh, Did you actually read the the quote that um, Angel was referring to?
7: Which quote? Could... Oh, when if, he said.
10: Yeah, he, he says, "My God, My God, my God why, why have you, you forsaken sh- me?" Right, right. Okay, and and so that's actually verse one of Psalm twenty-two. Correct. This is this is called the, the, uh, a messianic psalm. Correct. And yeah. so there was a. I'll, I'll interject this real quick. There was a form of teaching uh, called remez uh, in Hebrew, and the word remez it mean the word remez actually means hinting, and so a lot of times what rabbis would do is they would start off a verse or a chapter knowing the people who heard them would know the rest of the story psalm 22 was a very very well known very understood messianic psalm and when he started this off my god my god why have thou forsaken me they all automatically knew he's referring to this psalm and they're in their mind they know the verses and they're looking at the cross and seeing those verses actually coming to pass yep and what did they see they yep. saw the
7: they saw him casting lots for his clothes they saw him with his hands pierced he's being surrounded by dogs which is, it says dogs in Psalms written 500 years before this event, or even 800 years, but yet it's an idiom to describe the Gentiles and the Romans that are surrounded by him. So he's declaring to all of those who are around, I am the Mashiach. Now You now you know
2: who I am. He is,
7: but he's also having a moment that all of us would fear. Even David said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So, yes, he knew it was confirmed in the garden that he was going to have to go through with this. But even in all of that, in all in the human side of him, in which all of a sudden the Spirit of God is not there, it's not that he's saying, you should have delivered me from this. It's in a sense, he could feel that God's presence isn't there any longer. Uh, and some say it this way, and that is that God turned and could no longer look because at that moment he bore all of the sin of mankind – and that's why he felt. Because you can go through anything if you can feel like God's with you. But if you have that moment where you were left in the wilderness or you feel like you're no in despair, hope. then then you, most people can endure anything if they know that the Spirit and the presence of God. But that for that moment, he lost that relationship, or one way that we study and have heard this taught to us, that face-to-face relationship mm-hmm. for a moment. It was broken with God, and he felt forsaken.
10: This psalm not only talks about the... The uh, idea of casting is lots, but actually in verse 6 and 7 it says they're, gonna, they're mocking me, they're laughing at me, they're shaking their heads at me. He says my, in verse th- 14, my, boing, my my bones have been pulled out of joint, my heart has become like wax. In verse 16 he says they have pierced my hands, they've pierced my feet. Uh, they're staring at me. Then in verse 18, it says, they parted my garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. I mean, they're watching this happen, knowing this psalm, seeing it unfold in front of their very eyes. He is truly suffering and, in a massive way. And within the idea, if there's any Jews listening out there, you'll know this to be true. In, within Judaism, there's there is an idea of Messiah in two places. They believe in, in something called the Messiah ben David, the Mashiach ben David, and also something called the Mashiach ben Yosef, the Messiah, son of Joseph. The son of Joseph is what they call the suffering Messiah, and we have here yep. a living, breathing example of what the Messiah Ben Joseph, the suffering servant, was actually all about.
6: Yep.
2: All right, we got to get a break in. Let me remind you that tomorrow uh, morning in Mike Gallagher's show, there he's going to have an exclusive one-on-one interview with Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, Matt Ellis on Facebook guys, when we come back out of book, while your pet will go to heaven, uh, I know Dave does not believe this, but what do the Bible guys think? We'll let them talk about that when we come back. Plus Jim, uh, from out in, uh, Grant County has a question. So we'll be back with you in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. We are down to just a few moments left. Uh, Matt Ellis is watching us on Facebook live right now. Said he got a book, why your pet will go to heaven? He says, I know Dave doesn't believe that, but what about the Bible guys? What do they think? And I think Steve came up with the answer that sits right in my corner.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Ecclesiastes three twenty one says, "Who knows the spirit, um, or who knows the spirit of the sons of men, which goes upward, and the spirit of the animal which goes down to the earth." There's also another place I believe in the Psalms where David says it says, "Do not let me become like the beast uh, which goes into the earth." So there's, I don't know that there's any references anything else other than that that the soul of an animal would goes on for eternity. Do a, does yeah.
2: an animal have a soul? I don't believe it just has
7: well, a spirit. Soul. It, it, I would yeah, yeah. Say a spirit.
10: It, yeah, there's a difference between the soul and the spirit I, in that sense. So. I've
7: got a dog at the house that's got a lot of spirit. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: and I, you know, I've loved all of my my pets, but I knew that. I'm not spending eternity with
10: them. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are animals in heaven. We know there's going to be horses, there's lion and the lion's lamb, dead. and we understand all that. But uh, as far as uh, ours, the only thing we can go on is what the word says, and the word says that. But I think your pastor had a very good theological response oh, to it was this. So funny. I, what did he Rick, say again? Rick
2: Bassett uh, Sunday said, Well, if you own a dog, of course it to be in heaven with you. If uh, you own a cat. Going to hell immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot. I think that's a pretty sound
10: I, that, theology. <laughs> yeah. That I can find good. that someplace. My daughter would disagree, <laughs> but... Uh,
2: all right. So, Steve, we had another question from a listener, and then we'll take Jim at the very end Jack.
7: Well, the other question was um, what asked if we would address original sin. And so the idea of original sin is the belief that all of humanity and every person that's ever born of the womb... Uh, is born in a sin nature, Uh, and this is, um, I can't remember off the top of my head where this originated. Um, There is a verse in the Romans that says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that doesn't mean a baby that as soon as it comes out of the womb is sinful. But we all have a handicap in the sense that we are all born with the flesh of Adam, and we have inherited this flesh that we have to overcome, and we will at one point Make mistakes and we will fall short of that glory, but it doesn't mean that. Oh well, I'm I'm a I'm a deadly sinner. I'm just born. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you sin because you made a choice to sin, or in from the Hebrew thought, which is you have an evil inclination, a good inclination, and you gave into the evil, and you chose. The devil didn't make you do it. Your flesh didn't make you do it. You chose to do it, uh, and so there's this idea that you're born. Sinful or born a sinner is not something that is really biblical, yeah, and
10: the the um you know with that with that in mind, then that would come into play well, if a child passes away, mm. then what happens to the child if it has not had time to repent and accept messiah um, if they if you believe the child is born inherently sinful, as some uh doctrines believe, then there's a huge theological problem with that because they 've not had ch- a chance to repent and to accept Messiah. We believe that children are born and they are born pure. If we believe the word to be true, in First John it says, "It says for sin is the transgression of the law." So, if sin is the transgression of the law, obviously a child, a newborn child, has not had the opportunity That's to right. transgress the law. Doesn't know the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. So, therefore, the child is, if you allow me to say this, a child is blameless uh, until the point where it is able to realize the difference between right and wrong, and then makes the decision, chooses to do right, to wrong, to do wrong, and they will do that because. We have been born of our father Adam. We do have an evil inclination, and we will eventually give in to that because we are born in a lost state when it comes to that. But and as that's far what the, we need delivered from, right? But as far as the whole idea of the the idea of the of particularly the, the Catholic dogma of original sin, uh, it, it it is not it is not what I can find in the in the scripture. That's why the that's why the Catholic denomination and others, for that matter, will will baptize babies because they realize there's a contradiction. If they believe in the original sin, this child will not go to heaven unless it is saved. And so they believe now they have to baptize the child early so that it's saved, so that it will go to heaven if something happens to it.
2: Where in the Scripture it doesn't say, it doesn't being, say anything? being
10: baptized uh, uh, is going to save you. Right, and so that's inserted to fix that theological problem. But we believe that the, the child is uh, is destined for heaven if it passes.
2: Okay, so let me ask you just an off-the-wall question, and then we'll go to Jim. Mm-hmm. That is, when a baby dies,
10: mm-hmm.
2: when they, when we get to heaven, mm-hmm. has it got a grown-up body? Is that how it, it's what he would look like when he's older? That's a good question. And I, don't I don't think there's any scripture that tells us. I've heard
10: I think about stupid stuff like yeah. that. No, right. I, I think it's a That's brilliant a question. question. Uh, honestly, you know, my, my son and my daughter-in-law, they they just lost uh, a little baby. And I think that, uh, in, in a way, my daughter-in-law would love to get there and find a little baby waiting on her that mm-hmm. she could actually uh, raise. But we don't know. You know, there's there's been people who have been to heaven and say that they've found, you know, children. Yeah. yeah. You know, so.
2: So we'll find out. Yep, we will. Yeah. That's one of those things through the mirror darkly we're seeing right now. Right. All right. Jim is in, uh, in Grant County. Hey, Jim, sorry to keep you at the very end. We're down to about a minute and a half. What is the question?
9: Well, the question is, is you're going to be celebrating uh, Esther with Hammond. Uh, if you want a little icing on the
2: cake, you won't believe it, but you ought to check out the Bible codes that are in that part of the book. Mm-hmm. It's all about the death camps and the Nazis, and it even spells out the chemical that they use to kill everybody with. Oh, really? And also, as far as cats and dogs go, God's the Father of all spirits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you collect what he created. It's, he owns it anyways. <laughs> all
7: right. Yeah. Jim, thanks a so
2: Except cats. <laughs> all right. Anyway. I, <laughs>
7: I listened to a teaching um, by uh, Rabbi Kahn about seven, eight years ago, um, called the um, uh, Hand of God, in which he pointed out how even during the Nuremberg trials and a lot of those things that were when the when the Nazis were being put on trial, they were found guilty and, and their sentences carried out on Purim and some of the other feast days to show the connection. Yeah, and So wow. he, it's pretty cool. I had not heard the Bible code side mm-hmm. of that, but I had seen that teaching by Rabbi Khan.
2: It's already done today. That's Bible it. guys hour is finished. Guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yes, sir. Thanks for being with us. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'll see you at 2 o'clock tomorrow right here at 96.5 FM, The Answer.
1: The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Jurist Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home assisted living and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com